Hey everyone, welcome to a fan freaking tastic brand new episode of Kellen's Petty Talk Show. Today I'm so excited to have vocalist guitarist Dan Lambton from Rationale and formerly the lead singer of Real Friends. Not only is he an extraordinary musician, but he's also a professional gamer on Twitch. Pause this podcast right now. Go download Twitch and follow him on there at Don Lumps. That's D O N L U M P S. That's D O N Lumps. You can also follow him on Instagram at Don Lumps. As always, got to give a special shout out and thank you to our guests for being so kind as to join us in this discussion. I've been seeing him play shows since I want to say 2012 or 2013, and I've always been blown away by his stage performance and how he treats his fans. He's an absolute class act and always a pleasure to talk to. Tomorrow, I leave for my road trip for Los Angeles, so we're going to see what we can do about some guests while I'm on the road over the next three weeks. I haven't announced him officially yet, but look forward to an episode with Mike Hansen from Panameno and Hotel Etiquette coming soon. Hope you all enjoy the show, and if you don't, just send me a DM and tell me I suck. Love you guys, and thanks for the constant support. I mainly do this show to have discussions with the people that inspire me and the ones I look up to, but I also do it to promote their work. So once this is over, go check out Rationale and give Dan a follow. Enjoy the show, everyone. So while doing my research on you, I stumbled across an AP article stating that you got COVID back in October. Uh, I did. I did. Yeah, like September, October. Yeah. What was your experience oh, with that? Um, honestly, I was thankfully uh, one of the more asymptomatic cases. Lucky. Um, yeah, but well, maybe not so lucky for anybody I might have come into contact with, but yeah, um, oh shit, yeah, but I mean, for the most part, I, I, you know, it just felt like a little bit, uh, I guess, heightened, um, allergies is what it felt like yeah. with a little bit of fatigue. So it was kind of like where my, my partner, she was the one that was I, like having a little bit more symptoms. Mm-hmm. So then we just went and both got tested and, uh, yeah, positive. I got it myself a few weeks ago. Um, my story is a little different. I, uh, I had the fever for the whole 10 days of my quarantine Good and, God. Then, and then like, yeah, a bunch of like the typical COVID symptoms and stuff, but the last like three or four days were the worst. And then, um, I had like the COVID toes or whatever, where your feet go cold and they hurt. <laughs> Oh, oh Jesus. And that sucked. And then after that, though, like after I thought it was all over and my quarantine ended, I went and drove around. I went to Guitar Center and uh, my whole leg, like the back <laughs> of my right leg was cramping up so bad. So I looked it up and I thought it was like a blood clot because that's like apparently common. So I went right to the ER. They did like ultrasounds on my leg. And then um, that that was clear. That was fine. And then the morning after that, at like one in the morning, I woke up with like the worst dehydration of my entire life. Jesus. And that lasted for probably five days. That is wild. Yeah. And it's crazy how like differently everyone, so many people have responded to it too. Absolutely. You know, and like based on what I've uh, like read and seen as well, like I think sometimes it has to do with um, how you're exposed to it and like whether or not you're wearing a mask um yeah and i i think for instance that i was exposed wearing a mask so i didn't get as many particles which made me not as sick oh is that how it works you think i i mean i from some stuff that i've read yeah but i mean also i'm not a scientist or like you know smart enough to be one so Mm -hmm. yeah i i think i got mine at a movie theater because i went to see a movie with my friend 
And two days later, I got a test because I was working on a film or whatever. And uh, they gave me a positive read. And they say two days is when uh, the symptoms come on. So it's pretty obvious. It was probably the movie theater. Yeah, well, I'm glad you're okay. Yeah, no, it was cool. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, did you check out worse? You check out any cool movies lately or during the last year? Uh, actually, so I saw Mortal Kombat the other day. Hell yeah. Um, so because good. it was on HBO, which yeah. is kind of a double-edged sword, you know, because it's kind of fucking over the theaters a little bit. Yeah. Um, with the whole, like, Warner HBO thing. Um, yeah. But it was nice to know that I... I mean, I'm vaccinated, so I feel like I'm not necessarily putting people in danger if I go to the movies. Yeah. Um, and I did I did actually go to the movies a couple weeks ago to see Nobody, the Bob Odenkirk oh, movie. That, w- that was good. I like that. It was sick. It was just a little too gory. Oh, okay. I like unexpectedly gory, I think, um, just with some of the shit they showed. So I was just like, you know, yeah. covering my face up a little bit. You get um, squeamish a little bit. I do. I do. Yeah. Um, but the thing with it, at least like there, there was only one other person in the theater besides me and my partner. <laughs> so like it, so that was something where I, I felt like I wasn't putting anybody in danger and I felt like I wasn't put in danger either, you know? Yeah, 100%. Um, but that that movie was good. Mortal Kombat was good. Um, I'm trying to think whatever, what other movies I've seen, but I can't, nothing. See God ver- uh, Godzilla versus Kong? Actually, I did. I did. Yeah. I did. It was pretty good. It was pretty yeah. good. I definitely liked it a lot more than I thought I would, but I'm yeah. not. I, I haven't seen any of the King Kong or yeah. uh, the recent King Kong or Godzilla movies. So I have like nothing for reference. And I know that there's <laughs> like, I, I guess that there's some stuff that like overlaps and yeah. things to consider from those movies that like comes into this one. But I, I wouldn't be any wiser of it, you know. I heard there was even a Jason X reference in there. I don't know if you're a horror fan at all, but. Yeah. Um, I see some horror movies here and there. I think if you'd call this one a horror movie, I think the most recent one I saw was Midsummer. Oh yeah, that was good. I like Midsummer. Yeah, that one. That's a ooh, That's one where like some of the gore in that. I was like, oh god. Like, oh, where they're ugh. jumping off the cliff and stuff, or the. Oh the yeah, thing. yeah, 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 yeah. Ugh. Uh, <laughs> he's yeah. actually shooting his next movie next month with. Uh, oh really? Yeah, oh, Ari, yeah. Ari Aster and uh, Joaquin Phoenix this time. Oh shit! Okay, yeah. that's gonna be a good one. Yeah, and I think it's a dark comedy this time, so it's gonna be cool. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of uh, Mortal Kombat earlier, have you have either of you played the uh, the mobile phone app? I have not. No, I didn't know there was a mobile Mortal Kombat. Yeah, yeah, it's a uh, it's like Mortal. I think it's Mortal Kombat X and all that, but yeah, it comes with like <clears throat> majority of the unlockable characters. You can unlock Jason Voorhees. You can unlock uh, Terminator. You can unlock like various characters, like. Uh, but uh, no, no, I mean, it's it's not as the same as, you know, playing it on a console, but, you know, it's still a fun little game app if you're out in the public and you're bored. Yeah, for, yeah. for the casuals. Yeah. So uh, what was it like growing up in Illinois? Uh, it was fine. Um, <laughs> nothing too uh, wild. I mean, I was uh, I grew up in a suburb that's like not too far out of the city. Yeah like technically like surrounded on all sides by quote unquote Chicago. Mm -hmm. Um, But like the suburban Chicago where like all the firefighters and police live and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Um, But uh, no, I mean, you know, I I was maybe half hour uh, more with traffic from downtown. So like, you know, I'd be able to go to shows and stuff and 
when I was in high school and right after high school, we had a, we had a venue um, called Mojo's where we're a, um, at first it was, it was mostly local shows. And then they, and then as they moved locations and stuff, they would get more and more touring acts and stuff. So it was cool to have like a venue down there, like, like that I didn't have to drive too far for, or, mm. well, actually, no, now that I think about it, it was the same driving distance as going to the city in some cases, but, um, but it was just nice to know that like, it's like not everything back then had to happen in the city. And, and the same was with Warp Tour, actually. Warp Tour happened, like, way, way, way in the south suburbs, where it's like, is this even a, technically a suburb of Chicago anymore? But like, <laughs> no, yeah, you know. for sure. I've driven through Illinois a bunch of times, and that, like, interstate or whatever outside of it, it just always gets so backed up. I don't even know which one. 94? I think so, yeah. Which uh, Coming from Indiana or coming from probably indiana yeah because I've, I've gone yeah. through there too but yeah I guess that so would be up. 94 94 <laughs> how about uh the winners how'd you cope with those there um i mean when i was younger i was kind of immune to it mm -hmm. um you know i remember like walking to like the junior high i went to like in the cold with just like this little um I had like this little element sweater that had like a collar you could pop up or like zip up all the way into like a pseudo turtleneck. And then the <laughs> sleeves had like the little thumb hole and stuff. And I remember specifically one time, like I was walking to school and then there was this, there was this old guy that was like, Hey, how old are you? And I was like, Oh, I'm like, you know, 14. And he's just like, <laughs> God damn, like enjoy it while you can. Cause this, the way you're reacting to the cold is not going to last. And <laughs> Oh boy, was that guy right? <laughs> we're, for, we're actually both from Buffalo. So we, yeah. we feel your pain. <clears throat> yeah. Oh, no, no, yeah. You, yeah. You grow to get very tired of it eventually. Yeah. No, definitely. I mean, I still like a little bit of it though. I, I know I'm like in the minority here, but I, I do like a little bit of snow. I like snowball fights and I like snowboarding. So I don't know. I like a little bit of it. Yeah, we haven't really gotten too much snow in the the past few years, but I will say that this year we got hit pretty bad in January to the point where like my car got stuck in the snow, oh, and no. then um, no and I, I you know I didn't necessarily have anywhere I needed to be <laughs> except for like maybe grocery shopping every once in a while. So like you know first like month and a half, two months of the year, I just you know didn't really leave the apartment. And then that really started to get to me, yeah. I would say. Um, and then my, and my, like, even when I wanted to try to get my car out by that time, the car battery had died. Ah. So then like I had to, uh, I had to get a tow and stuff yeah. and that, but luckily, l thankfully the tow was free with the, the place that I went to, or if they charged me, they didn't charge much at all. Um, yeah. and, and the battery, you know, not, that expensive of a fixed in the grand scheme of things compared to some other stuff that probably could have gone wrong. Do you do triple a? Uh, no, I do not. Okay. See, I've had that happen so many times. I have to call triple a for a battery, but it's funny. You bring it up that your, your car got snuck, stuck in the snow. Um, I used to work at Lexus or whatever. And one, one day I was leaving at like six in the morning to get there. And my, I locked my keys in my car. Like I, oh, I was, I, I don't know. I had to go grab something else or something. I locked my keys in the car. But I had also like put it in reverse because I was trying to get out of the snow because the snow I was stuck in the snow basically. Uh -huh. So I had to call AAA and they came there with like the tire like spinning 
because the car was like, I don't know, it was in reverse or something. And just the tire kept spinning and I was locked out. <laughs> Jesus. So that was a really annoying situation, but yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm sure. I'm so, sure. Not, yeah, it was the same thing for me. Just like, <laughs> and then like the snow had like frozen around the tires and stuff. <laughs> so it's just like, well, shit. Like that, then it got loose from the, you know, it, like it didn't like freeze onto it, just around it. So it, it was just a mess. It was a just a mess. <laughs> How did the uh, the music scene there shape you into the person you are today? Um, you know it. Like I said, with, with that with that venue mojos that we had, it was just nice to know that things existed outside of the city. You know the, that you didn't necessarily have to be in the city for things to be happening. Yeah, like that. Um, there was also this place, um, JT Music, that we had in Midlothian that I'd go to a pretty decent amount. Um, and, and I don't know, it, it was, like I said, it was just like, oh, hi, little kitty. Sorry, she likes to interrupt sometimes. <laughs> I heard it. Um, yeah, she, she just, she gets a little attention But um, no, yeah, it was just. I don't know. Cause like I went to the community college around there too. So I, I and I lived with my parents till I was like 26. So, uh, and I, I didn't move to the city till about like three and a half, four years ago or so. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's just like, I don't know. There's just other, other stuff going outside of Chicago. And I feel like if I had grown up in the city, I, you know, I'd have a wildly different experience and I don't think I would have met the people that I would have met in this, like, kind of smaller i i would say maybe tighter knit community mm -hmm. you know um like i feel like the city's so much further spread out and stuff even though the city did have an awesome or does have an awesome diy scene that i feel like i did miss mm -hmm. out on mm -hmm. um before i like because then like once i started driving and like i got a car around the time i was like 18 i got my dad's old car he was just like oh if, if you can afford to fix it then just it's yours i don't want to fucking deal with this anymore um <laughs> it's yours yeah but no it's just yeah just ha having that that like sense of community and having like getting to meet the people that i did get to meet and like where it led me you know i would say that you know it it it, it just it gave me a lot you know mm-hmm what would you say would be the band that got you into the emo pop punk scene? Um, probably Blink-182 and Green Day. Yeah. Because uh, I, I used to listen to the radio a lot when I was younger. How, how old are y'all? I'm 25. 28. Okay, okay. So we're not, we're not too far um, no. in age. I'm 30. Yeah. Um, but... No, yeah, I'd listen to a lot of the radio, and then it's like uh, I had um, a friend and a cousin that had, you know, introduced me to, like, Blink and Green Day and stuff like that, and my cousin gave me Enema of the State. You're the best. Because uh, she wasn't listening to it anymore, and then I remember going on um, vacation with my family to Florida, like, right before hurricane season, so the weather was, like, super shitty, and there was, like, maybe like a day or two there where we were just like stuck in the hotel. And I couldn't tell you how many times I watched Billy Madison and listened to the untitled blank record. <laughs> um, Dude, hell yeah. <laughs> but uh, now, and, and like, like, like with blank too, like I originally wanted to drum, really? uh, you know? So then like looking at Travis Barker, 
Yeah. Um, and then any real friend show ever, you see that Travis Barker is a good drummer and I am a clumsy motherfucker. Like that's <laughs> just like point blank. I I'm not the most coordinated person at least like maybe like hand eye coordination. Like I, I can play some video games, but like yeah. not, not the dexterity required for drumming. Yeah. But then like you look at like, Oh, Tom DeLong, I would say is still a, if not, uh, is still a pretty skilled guitar player, at least with like, like, cause like palm muting is beyond me. I'm terrible with palm muting, but then like mm-hmm. I started playing bass mm-hmm. and I felt like that was like, like Blink-182 made it seem like it was attainable, you know, and yeah. that kind of anybody can do it, mm-hmm. you know? So that, that was them. And then like them and Green Day and even like the Beatles, like the Beatles was another band where it's just like, like everybody in that band like contributed and like, you know, wrote like fucking bangers and, and, you know, you know, top or chart topping hits, like every single one of those p- people, you know? So it's like, um, to be able to see that and then like have that confidence instilled in you, it's, it's something special, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. Did you have a musical family growing up? Not really. No. Um, which is weird because then like my sister can sing pretty well. She was in choir in church and my, my brother's a music teacher now. Um, I had, we had a cousin on my dad's side that uh, is a band director. And then, and then his wife um, was also in band in high school. They're the ones that gave me my saxophone uh, when I was younger to bring to school. So we didn't have to rent something. Um and yeah, that those were the people in the those were the two people that were like more musically inclined, I would say, um, in the family. So there was nobody like immediately related to me that had um, much music experience, you know. When did you realize you had a kick ass singing voice and could uh, front a band? <laughs> um well, I like I said, I, I started playing bass, um, or if I maybe I failed to mention that in all of my uh, my word vomit, but um, no, I started playing bass, and then I, I would be doing like backup singing. Um, yeah, in one of the bands I was in, that eventually led me to meet uh, Dave, that played in Real Friends. Yeah, um, and Dave was the one that more so wanted to encourage me to sing. And seeing potential and just being like, like, yo, well, like, why don't we do something where like, you know, you can still play bass if you want, but like where you take like the singing duties and stuff. Yeah. And then like, I don't know that, that like, like then I, then from there, I uh, heard of the secret. Have y'all ever heard of the secret, like manifesting shit, like mm-hmm. thinking about it, manifesting it, and then it becomes true. Not really. No. Okay. Well, there's, there's your research, but I check it out. <laughs> I started like picturing myself singing having that confidence and stuff and having like people telling me that like i should try and i was like oh shit like maybe i should and then like i don't know then like i guess subconsciously i started doing more things to lead me onto that path and then it just kind of like happened you know because dave and i had been working on some music for a little bit like just the two of us um and then we, we couldn't really find anybody to play with us or at least to the level of commitment that we wanted uh, or that we want to like pursue something. So then that kind of fizzled out. And then like Dave and Kyle started um, working on stuff and then they hit me up mm-hmm. being like, Oh, do you want to like try, like, you know, come over, maybe try like working on a song and see if like, this would be a good fit. See if this is something we all want to do. And then, mm-hmm. you know, 
that's really yeah real friends was the first band i ever sang in like at me being the singer you know my friend just yesterday actually told me that dave is married to the cut or to my other friend's cousin not not really my friend but this other guy from like our our film or our uh, music community oh i didn't know dave got married congrats i guess that's that's what i heard i don't know (laughs) yeah yeah last i heard he wasn't married but okay then maybe he's maybe he's thinking of like another member then i have no idea (laughs) okay (laughs) anyways (laughs) uh you're also a bopping guitar player did you learn how to play by taking lessons or while you were on like tour Oh no, I wish I took lessons. <laughs> um, yeah. I, um, my skill is, I'd say fairly limited with the guitar. Um, I, I found my style more so when I started experimenting with open chord tunings, like, like dad, gad, yeah. um, that's most of the, that that's the tuning. I write most of the stuff in rationale for like when I'm contributing songs and stuff. Um, yeah. And then Joe usually brings songs in like half step down, mm-hmm. uh, more standard. Um, but I, I, you know, started learning guitar a tiny bit um, based on like, you know, knowing that power chords, you know, would always have like this certain form no mm-hmm. matter what. And then, mm-hmm. you know, basically like, like, you know, Blink-182, for instance, if I wanted to play a Blink song, like, I could figure out what the rhythm guitar parts would be based on like these bass tabs that I'd have printed out and stuff. So then I'd like try like playing around on like, cause my dad had a, a, a strat okay. and, um, and then I'd play around a little bit on that. And then it wasn't till like uh, I had bought a guitar from Eric. I bought a Telecaster from Eric that played some real friends. Yeah. And then um, with that started messing around on some guitar and then, you know, Joe and I were hanging out one day and then I was just like, yo, we should probably work on some music. We hang out a lot and we both like to play music. So let's like be in a band together yeah. and stuff. And then that, and then because of rationale, I started playing more guitar, you know, on and off. Mm-hmm. And did rationale start like a few years before that EP came out? Uh, rationale started technically around like 2014. Yeah. So I thought um, we had, uh, you know, we were just like hanging out and like we, kind of kept it a pretty decent secret till we were ready to uh put stuff out because it just takes a long time sometimes with this band because or at least in the past with like three different band schedules between having uh had real friends in the mix knuckle puck and home safe it's just like you know someone is always out on tour yeah you know or or something to where like Mm -hmm. you know then i'd be working on music while we were out with real friends and stuff and then like Mm -hmm. Sometimes like if, you know, knuckle puck and real friends were on the same tour, then it's like, great. Cause then Joe and I like, in, like, you know, in our free time work on some stuff. And that's how um, the acoustic EP came about. Cause we were on tour with the wonder years, uh, moose blood and seaway. And then, you know, we were just like, Oh, let's just like record shit in green rooms and bathrooms and trailers, you know, wherever we can and just see what happens with it. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's awesome. I've also known that you're you've been a massive every time I die fan, as am I. Um, yes, they're our hometown heroes. Uh, Hell yeah! What's your favorite album of theirs? Uh, probably the Big Dirty. Same. <laughs> Hell yeah! Not, not a lot of people say that for some reason, but I hundred percent agree. No, with I you. mean all of them. All of them are great, and all of them I think are like different. I don't know, like like every, yeah, everybody um, like like 
when I hear about like a consistent band from record to record, like a lot of people think of a band like Jimmy world mm-hmm. and I respect the fuck out of Jimmy world. Um, and I think they've got some true bops. It, it, it was just something that never really like grasped, grasped me, me 100%. Like yeah. it was just like a, a band that like, but I, but also I never took the time to like sit down with mm-hmm. Jimmy world's music, you know? So that's exactly. something where like, who knows tomorrow I could listen to uh, bleed American and be like, wow, it's unlocked. I, I, I <laughs> fully get it now. But like, you know, everybody's kind of got that band where it's like, yo, I know that there are some of these boppers. Uh, like there was one song, like the Tony Hawk uh, three soundtrack. Oh, that's uh, the that best was one. Sick. Yeah. yeah. Like uh, Take my pain away. CKY and AFI, AFI motorhead, like everybody. Motorhead. Like, there was, there was like a lot of, that's my favorite on that. That's my favorite. Yeah. Yeah, but I, either way, Jim, or, uh, every time I die is my Jimmy world, you know, where it's like, <laughs> yeah. like they just are consistent, but like they really do take some opportunities and stuff like to get a little weird, to get a little, you know, like, like, cause Keith can sing, no, yeah, you know, and, amazing. and they take advantage of that, especially on uh, low teams. They, oh, they 100% mm-hmm. like took advantage of that. Absolutely. And I hope to see some more of that on the new record. Uh, Cause I feel like on, on low teams, they, uh, they, I, that has some of like the, the best, like uh, for lack of a better term, like hard rock songs that every time yeah. I die has like with, with mm-hmm. the singing and stuff, like Keith just blew it out of the water. And it's like, yeah. they, they always find some way to surprise, me, you know, I got to go to the low teens. Uh, what do you call it? Like the premiere party that they, they did for that where they played oh, the, yeah? whole, the whole album before anybody even heard it. It was crazy. So everybody's just moshing, stage diving. We don't know the lyrics at all. It was like 16 songs or whatever that is. And they played the whole thing? They played the whole thing front to back. And, you know, songs so that sick. most people haven't seen, like, what, 1970, whatever the year. I think 1974 it was called, or nine. I don't remember. Or 1976, I think. But they played that, and they've never played that. So that's cool. Hell yeah. Actually, at our uh, our local mall in Buffalo, Andy's like literally on a banner there right now. He is because yeah, with AEW. No, 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 no. With uh, West Side Gun, one of the rappers from Buffalo. Okay. He's got he's got like this clothing brand called Buffalo Kids, and he's got like this store in the Galleria Mall in Buffalo, and uh, they've been promoting it on like billboards all over Buffalo. But there's like this huge banner in the center of like the the ceiling of the mall, and it's just crazy. It's like Andy looking all pissed with his mustache. <laughs> and he's wearing he's wearing Buffalo Kids on his hoodie. That's so, so sick. Yeah, which so mall? Sick. Which mall is this one? The Galleria. Galleria. Oh yeah. Um. But yeah. And you got You got to definitely eventually check out one of their Christmas shows in Buffalo. Oh yeah, I saw nuts. I saw the live one they did, uh, or the live stream. Sorry. Yeah. Um. It was hysterical. It it, it was awesome. I had such a good time watching it. I, I have yeah. um a couple friends actually that that normally travel for the every time I die uh, Christmas shows every year. And I'm just like, damn, one, one of these days I'm, I'm just, I'm going to go with y'all and it's going to be sick. I usually go every single one, but I skipped the last one, um, which I think it was like ghost face killer killer and like terror. I don't know. I, I think really the want- get up kids played that too. Didn't they? They did. Yeah. I went to the one before that and like all the years prior, but the one before that was sweet. It had like pup. I think not uh, knocked loose. Uh, the pup is so good. Oh yeah, the Menzingers. It was freaking nuts. But I wanted to ask, you toured with Every Time I Die. You guys did like yes. a, a co-headliner almost. No, um, we were we were direct support. It was uh, the Common support. Vision tour. Yeah. Okay. How was that? 
That must have been crazy. It was sick. It was sick. We played some really weird markets on that tour because it was mostly a B market <laughs> tour. We were yeah. also competing with Warp Tour because it was happening in the summer. Um, okay. And yeah. it, it was supposed to be more of a mixed bill, um, yeah. but it ended up being us and a bunch of heavy bands. Uh, I think the closest the closest band to us was uh, Brigades, Br- which Brigades, then they yeah. still even have way more of an edge than uh, <laughs> Real Friends did for the most part. Um, so I, I feel like in a, in a sense, like genre wise, we were out of place, but like everybody on that tour was super cool, super awesome. Yeah. Uh, I remember Narwolves was also supposed to be on that tour, but they had uh, visa issues, so they weren't able to make it, unfortunately. Are they even a band anymore? Or are they done? I don't know, actually. I kind of dug them a little bit. No, they were really good. I saw them at Slam Dunk uh, one year. Like maybe maybe 2015 or 2016 slam dunk one of those oh. years, um, and it was it was wild getting to see them uh, like out in the UK and stuff like where they're from. Like people were wilding out. <laughs> I can't even imagine. I'm really jealous. I want to go to that tour or the festival. Um, uh, so now before Real Friends took off for world domination, you guys all had jobs that you did during the week, and you would play shows on the weekends. What did yep. you do for work before the band hit the tour full time? Um, well, I, well, in the early days of Real Friends, I had two jobs, um, not at the same time, but first, uh, when we first started the band, I was working at Subway for like <laughs> oh six God. months. Everyone says that. I swear to God. Yeah. Every, every, the last two episodes in a row, the first job they had was Subway. <laughs> oh, well that wasn't, no, the first, the, the first job I had was like getting paid under the table, uh, uh, waiting, uh, for weddings and stuff at this place yeah. called Saber Room. Yeah. Uh, that's, I think, defunct now, RIP. <laughs> um, and no, but yeah, but in during Real Friends, it was uh, Subway. Then I worked at Office Max Ugh. up until we uh, went out for tour. How was that? Uh, it was all right. I mean, um, at, when I first started there, there was a store manager who was very adamant about people selling. And okay. selling and selling. And I, at the, at the time, like, was pretty anxious when I, like, and, like, I, I felt bad if, like, I was trying to, like, pressure people to get this warranty or something or putting too much stress on someone to, like, yeah. spend money that they maybe didn't have yeah. and stuff, which is, like, that that's that's part of the territory, unfortunately, with, like, working retail jobs sometimes like that, and, like, you know, um, but I was... You know, because I had worked, uh, my, my first actual job was at a grocery store and I was stocking and facing and, wow. you know, grocery, dairy, frozen, all sorts of stuff, liquor. Um, so I had more experience on like the organizational side of things. Yeah. Um, and then like I, I saw like my hours getting cut a little bit because I wasn't selling so much, but I, I think I was doing a pretty damn good job of like getting the store in a pretty decent order. Mm-hmm. um at the end of every night when i had like that that was where i was shining mm-hmm. um and then we we eventually got another store manager that came from bed bath and beyond okay. and bed bath and beyond is very 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 critical about like store presentation and how the store looks mm-hmm. so then that was something that this store manager had really valued um his name was john collins and john collins uh Get, cut me a lot of slack when uh what's up red uh cut me a lot of slack when um 
when we had to start like playing uh, weekends and stuff, mm -hmm. you know, cause like, he's just like, I know you want a promotion. You want to get a little bit more money, get a little bit more hours. He's like, I can't yeah. do that if you can't work weekends. But since you hustle so much for us, like clean, like making the store look good, like I'll, I'll, uh, you know, give you your time off that you, that you want if like when you're playing shows and stuff. And I, I remember there was one time, like that's cool. super last minute we got, um, we got an offer to play three shows with the starting line for the say it like you mean it tenure tour. <sighs> Holy shit. Um, and, and this was like, it was like a freak occurrence, you know, cause yeah. originally um, Vinny from the movie life was supposed to open it up with an acoustic set. Wow. Uh, and he got like bed ridden ill. Oh, um, yeah and couldn't play the shows. Mm -hmm. And then, um, so then they got Citizen, um, and then Matt had gotten like bedridden ill. No way. Uh, yeah, it was just like, like all these people were getting sick so that I may have this opportunity. <laughs> so thank you, Matt, thank you, Vinny. Um, <laughs> Thanks for getting sick. <laughs> yeah, no. Um, Dude, that but, would've been sick, playing with a starting line, are you kidding me? Yeah, it was sick, it was sick, and they were super nice dudes and stuff, you know, or they are super nice dudes. Yeah. Um, Legendary. But like, and that, that was something where like, we had gotten that offer like a week before, and then like, I went to the store manager and I was like, yo, like we just got a really sick opportunity playing for like, to play for one of my favorite bands, like, you know, I just need to know like, is it cool if I like take off for this weekend? And he's like, you find the people to cover your shifts and you've got it, you know? That's so cool. So like, yeah. So, so that, that was a job that like any, any qualms that I had about it, like are negated by the fact that like I had a flexible boss and a flexible store manager that like, you know, and he was just real with me, you know, like I said, like, wouldn't give me the promotion, but would give me the time off. It's kind of like you, you pick like this, this is your, your time mm -hmm. to pick like what you want to take more seriously, I guess. And, yeah. and I chose the band and thankfully it worked, you know, did he ever check you guys out? I don't think so, no. but I, I did see him a couple, like, like at the end of the year, which is 2013, like towards the end of the year. Cause then, um, Joe had actually gotten me a job, like, uh, like a seasonal job, like selling hams, which is ironic. Cause I'm a vegetarian. <laughs> um, for uh for this like little shop mm -hmm. and um you know like around like thanksgiving and christmas and stuff and he had actually called in to reserve a ham uh for one of those holidays and then like he gave the name and i'm just like i'm like john like working mm -hmm. at uh like like we we work together like blah, blah, blah. it's dan dan lampton he's like dan what the hell are you doing taking my ham order right now like and i'm just like ah i need some money bud and he's like, oh my I feel god you, i feel you <laughs> how long have you been uh, vegetarian for um 15 years wow is it just because wow. animals or health reasons um well it started off as a bet oh okay <laughs> yeah i remember <laughs> i had seen it was 2006 i was 15 hell yeah um I had just seen uh, Taste of Chaos with some of my friends. And uh, it was a year with, uh, it was like Seosin, Billy Dying. Um, oh, I remember that. Deftones. Yeah. And I think the Receiving End of Sirens played also. Um, but uh, singer of Seosin at the time, Cove Reber, had talked about like, oh yeah, like I've been vegetarian for this tour. Yeah et cetera, et cetera. Anybody that's curious about it should go ahead and try it. And then like, I had a friend there 
that was also vegetarian and we were talking about it like a week or two later mm-hmm. and she was just like oh yeah you should you should try it out like and then one of my friends was just like i bet you can't do it for a week <laughs> and i was just like sure and then like for some reason me being vegetarian pissed them off yeah so me being a teenager and rebellious then i'm just like okay i'm gonna rebel against my friends for whatever reason because this <laughs> upsets them so i'm gonna keep doing it um <laughs> that's awesome and then i stuck with it but then then she she started feeding me like uh some literature and stuff like about like more health conscious things mm-hmm. about it and like animal rights and stuff and then i was like yo like this i vibe with this and yeah. whatnot and then i just i just stuck with it so so why not vegan is vegan just too hard oh uh, well, i was vegan for two years and i i've been tiptoeing around it recently yeah. Um, but when, the first time I went vegan, I don't know if I was being the most healthy cause we were on tour, uh, when I started doing it and, and, uh, I had lost like a very, very noticeable amount of weight on like one tour alone. And I remember like, wow. you know, like our agent and our manager had like specifically stated to me like, Oh shit. Like you are looking like a stick, like, like almost like unhealthy skinny right now. Um, which then I think I was able to like fill it out a little more, um, but, you know, it, it, and then I think uh, what happened, why I stopped doing it was because um, my ex, who I was dating at the time, had gotten like a stomach infection, like a really bad one. Oh, man. And had to we uh, had to stop eating vegan. And, mm. you know, she was like freaking out and stuff. And I, and I was just like, hey, like, you know, like, I'll eat some cheese and eggs like I'll yeah. I'll be down there with you you know like it doesn't have to be just you doing this you know so yeah then i you know that was something where then like i just went with that you know yeah no that's rough um so what was it like doing that first headliner first ever headliner that was with mixtapes uh forever came calling and pentimento hell yeah buffalo um yeah (laughs) buffalo baby hell yeah um what what a what a group of people actually um are you but, close uh, with uh are you still close with mike hansen yeah mike's doing um Hot- mike's Hotel. doing the the uh rumble pack rumble which pack is like a yeah, yeah like a punk band geared towards kids it's hilarious <laughs> yeah it's so sick no i actually saw i saw mike i saw all of them the last time we were in buffalo uh we were on like a little like week and a half uh stint Oh, wow. uh, going out to like self-help and back. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, and, uh, Mike's wife, Becca had, uh, I, I went to her, uh, spot cause she cuts hair in Buffalo. Mm-hmm. Um, and she had trimmed up my beard. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, 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 yeah, my, Mike is awesome. Great, great. Uh, and Penimento, great people. He just recorded new music for his other project, hotel etiquette with, yep, um, yep nick diener from the swellers so i guess that's coming out soon and we're having him on the podcast like probably in a few weeks so i just figured i'd let you Hell know yeah yeah you're gonna have a good time mike is hilarious oh he's a good dude for sure um so let's see here what was it like getting to play warp tour oh it was a dream come true 100 uh seriously um it was because like i had i had been going to warp tour since 2006 so at that point that would have been my like, my like seventh or eighth year going to warp tour yeah. um and 
did, did I even answer about the first headliner before we got in a warp tour? Shit, I thought you did. I don't know. <laughs> no, let, let, let's 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 cover the headliner first and then we'll go to warp tour. Sounds good. Um, first headliner I remember was a little nerve wracking because um, that was the longest set we'd played for the uh, longest stretch of time. And I remember getting like a really bad sinus infection oh, no. during it where like the post nasal drip was unreal. And there were some shows where like my voice was very in a very, very, very questionable state, but it's just like, yeah, we have all these people coming out to the shows and like, we can't let them down. Yeah, you know, no, so then tough. it was just something where like any trouble I was having, like the, the shows were still small enough to where like, you know, everybody's right in front of us. And I'm just like passing the mic off here and there, here and there. And <laughs> I'm having any troubles. And I remember there was one specific show we played at the Nile underground in uh, Mesa in Arizona. Yeah. And um, after that show, I was like, like on the verge of just like passing out and probably throwing up all over myself just from like being sick and like dehydrated and uh, shit. And like, yeah. just like the, like, and I'm not, I'm not a person that will like take their shirt off. Um, <laughs> like, like it's nobody's business. I'm not the most uh, body confident person. Yeah. Unfortunately. Um, yeah. But like I'm just like in my shorts, shirtless, like laying on the floor, just like having this like industrial fan just like beating down on me, just yeah. whatever air it can to like cool yeah. me off, just like totally out of it. But they, they were like some pretty, pretty wild shows. And it was just like um, it was cool to see that people cared that much to pay for the ticket that had our names front and center on it, you know? Mm hmm. Um, and then, and I think that we had, uh, an incredible like group of people like behind us on that tour, both like, uh, doing merch for us and chilling and, and like working for us. And then like just the bands in general, like that was something where like, I'm pretty sure if I remember correctly, I suggested like all the bands had been like suggestions from me, <laughs> like, cause like they were like Twitter friends and stuff. And like, you know, people that we'd got to know, like here and there like throughout yeah. like you know however little the band had been around at that point and then it was just like it was just a, a you know like yeah our first tour where it was just like off the bat like everybody was friends oh, wow. and stuff like it, it, i think everybody was very quick friends and not that mm -hmm. not that any tours we did before that people weren't like quick friends or anything but that was just like it it, it felt like you know like we were responsible for mm -hmm. that which made it that much more special you know mm -hmm. Now the dudes in Forever Can Calling and Panamano are super cool. I've never actually got to see mixtapes, which kind of sucks, but I yeah, sick. Fun band, fun band live. I, I will say that. Oh, absolutely. R Ryan knows how to uh, how to get really silly. I'll say <laughs> that. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I guess back to Warp Tour. Uh, yes. What was it like getting to play um, the whole the whole tour? Well, the first time we played Warp Tour, we didn't get to play the whole tour yeah you just play um, like select dates yeah we played uh the first like two and a half three weeks we played uh from seattle to indianapolis uh -huh. um but that was just like you know and we were doing it in a van so we didn't necessarily have many refuges uh -huh. um from the heat uh thankfully we got buddy buddy with citizen they were sharing a bus with Amber Lynn. So they were like, come on our bus, hang out with us, get out of the heat. There you go. Um, and stuff. But that was, it, it was just like, it didn't even matter that like, you know, I'd leave my phone to charge in the van and then I'd come back to it and it would like be like phone overheating cannot work until it is cooler <laughs> um, <laughs> and stuff like that. But it's just like, like none of that mattered. Cause it's like, 
shit, we were living the dream, like doing warp tour. And then like then the next summer, 2014, to then be invited back the consecutive year, not only, but then for the whole thing, it's just like, mm-hmm. oh my God. And then just to be like automatically bumped up to the next level of stages to I think yeah. the, the, that was when it officially had become the journey stages for a couple of years and stuff like the, the left and right stages. Yeah. 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 Well, that was before it was the main stage. Cause yeah. I think journeys eventually took over the main stage, okay. but um, it was, it was wild. It was so cool. <laughs> you know, this is really, it's like, you know, uh, cause warp tour every year for me was like Christmas. hundred yeah. percent. Um, you know, because it would be something that I'd just like save up for, like any money that I'd be able to make, you know, the couple months prior would just go to Warped Tour. And then it's like, you know, I'm buying merch from this band, merch from this band. And then yeah. then it was like that was then Christmas every day, mm-hmm. you know, and it was it was just awesome. It was, uh, you know, an experience that is unlike any other, like incredibly, you know, t- taxing, I would say, you know, mm-hmm. just because, you you know, there there are some times where they're just like wild amount of consecutive days on warp tour sometimes where it's like you know especially like techs and merch people are are just hustling and and the the -hmm. people working the stages you know like Mm -hmm. it's just a lot of work goes into warp tour so then but then getting to see like the inner workings is just unreal it's so awesome did all like the signings and stuff make it a little bit more stressful too having to go to those each day um sometimes yeah Okay. Um, cause like, unfortunately, like for me, it, I, it took me a while to like, kind of accept that people wanted to meet me Yeah. and stuff like, cause I'm, I'm, I'm just over here being like, well, what, what's so special about me? You know? And <laughs> I, I was, I, and like, it had eventually grown into like, like, you know, to, to affect my self-esteem where like, I didn't see what worth I had. So I, you know, mm-hmm. like, so then I, it's hard to explain you know but um sometimes it was stressful because it's like i you know i don't want to let these people down you know i don't want to like have a a shitty like one-time interaction with them that's then going to shape how they view me for the entirety of the time they listen to the band you know that's true like sometimes it's a lot of pressure because then like i and I, i talked about this in an interview recently but like there have been times where like you know, people might come up where people would come up to me maybe about like, you know, Derek from State Champs or Joe from Knuckle Puck or, or Parker from Story So Far and be like, oh, I met them and like this happened. It's like they're a dick. And I'm just like, no, they're not. It's just you probably caught them at a bad time. Just like yeah. I'm sure that people probably came up to them and might have said the same thing about me, you yeah. know, because they might have caught me when I had to be somewhere and just be like, hey, sorry, like I can't right now. Like and then I just jet off, you know, like yeah. like unfortunately like having to brush them off because like there are like i might have to be going to press or i might like or it's like oh i have to be at a signing they're like well if you're gonna be taking pictures anyway why don't you take one with me right now and it's like shit it doesn't work that (laughs) way but like i'm sorry it's kind of just the nature of the beast though yeah yeah but yeah like you know having a large following it carries a huge responsibility too right yeah yeah, I mean, and it's just something where you can't like, and that was something that I worried about a lot was like trying to appease everyone. And that like, caused immense anxiety for me, you know, because then it's like, I don't know how I'm going to appease everybody in the band and then appease the record label and then appease like, our management and agent and like, uh, and then all of our fans and stuff like, 
not and then some of those people it's not even that like i need to prove anything to it's like i it's like all of these these little blanks that the anxiety is like filling in for me mm-hmm. and stuff you know to where it's like no 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 this is this is how it is this is how it is this is how it is and stuff and and yeah. it, it wasn't like that you know like it's just mm-hmm. something where you know you just got to have fun and like but but still put everything into it you know i know easier said than done but mm-hmm. all i gotta say is i saw you guys on that 2014 tour for sure and uh, i just remember seeing you guys in the pouring rain at the darien lake date oh yep yep i remember yeah <laughs> i remember that one and you, I mean, you, I don't know if you went to the next set that I'm about to say, but right after you guys played or like right as you were finishing, like your last song, every time I die was just about to start on like the stage, like this way. And, uh, dude, there was like this crazy mud war that I've never seen at warp tour. Like everybody like was <laughs> pick, picking up gobs of mud and just whipping it at each other. And it was so painful, but so fun. <laughs> so sick. I actually got to see something like that. at every time I die set at riot fest. Oh, of course. I'm um, sure they do it. <laughs> yeah. And it, it was the riot fest after uh, common vision. And okay. it was just like, like it seemed Nuts. like all sorts of shit was happening. And then like, I, I remember at one point, like Andy <laughs> grabbed a shit ton of mud and just like pressed it onto his face. Um, <laughs> That's definitely. And, Andy. and then um, his cab had gotten blown over by the wind at one point as well. Oh, um, so then Kevin, their guitar oh. tech at the time, like, you know, because then, like, Dave and I had just, like, rushed over to the cab to, like, you know, help prop it back up and yeah, and all this stuff. And then at the end of the set, Jordan, like, threw his guitar up in the air. So, mm-hmm. it, and it felt like it was, like, slow motion. And we're all just, like, is he going to get it? Is he going to get it? And then, like, as it, like, gets to its peak in the air, he just, like, walks away and it hits the ground. And we're just, like, oh, <laughs> uh. <laughs> Dude, Jordan's nuts, dude. I've seen him puke on stage so many times, like, smash beer cans into his head, like dude's nuts i love it <laughs> oh yeah and then uh what was i gonna say oh we were we saw every time i die in santa Ana, oh, california yeah, yeah. and uh what do you call it andy's friend he, he has like a ufc fighter friend or something that was there this was like three or four years ago and his friend four was on ago. stage picking up picking up like crowd surfers that were coming on stage and he was literally picking them up and throwing him throwing them over his head like into the back crowd. into the back into the crowd. like I've never seen Good something God. so crazy in my life. <laughs> I was telling I was telling him go up there and do it. I, I said go up there and do it, and he's like I don't know I don't know if I'm gonna fall. <laughs> I don't know. I think I was just worried I was gonna like hit like the stage or something. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> something something similar to that happened to me. And again, this was around Riot Fest. Um, I saw Alexis on Fire play at okay. Riot Fest. I, I want to say it was like 2015, 2016 around there. Um. And they played a show at Bottom Lounge here in Chicago, like an after show. Yeah. Uh, that I went to with uh, real friends agent Jason, and then uh, his girlfriend at the time, who worked at Dynalone, which is Alexa on Fire's label. Okay. And you know, we had a couple drinks, like nothing like too crazy. But then um, I had crowd surf to go up on stage and then stage dive because it was a no barricade show. Yeah. And. Um, I got up on stage and I'm, 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 you know, getting ready to wind up and jump off. And then their singer, George stops me. And he's like, no. And I'm like, what? What? And then he's like, are you ready? And I'm like, I guess. And then he picks me up. Like I'm a little baby. 
<laughs> and then he's like, here we go. And then just throws me out into the crowd. And I'm like, what the fuck? This is ridiculous. And then, and then Jason and his ex are just like sitting there like, oh my God, what is happening yeah. right now? <laughs> Dude, remember when they tried to cancel Parker Cannon for him, like kind of nudging that girl off stage that was standing there on stage with the phone or whatever? Well, I think that's a way more complicated uh, situation. Cause it's like, if, if you look at it, like, because uh, I, I remember seeing like that somebody posted another angle or it was like a little tap yeah. instead of like an actual kick. But like you, you see, you see the one video from the crowd angle. It does look like he actually kicked her. Oh yeah. The f- and stuff, <laughs> you know, where, it totally where it's does. like, you know, to, and, and it is, it is inappropriate, you yeah. know? And like, I think it's, it's kind of like a heat of the moment thing yeah. where it's just like stage potato, get the fuck off the stage. But it's like, you know, there, there are better ways to handle it. And I think Parker yeah. knows that. You know, yeah. um, you know, and I think I think the, the girl ended up uh, like saying like, oh, no, no, no. Like there's no no harm, no foul and stuff. And yeah, she was, was cool. Kinda, yeah, yeah, that was kind of the end of it. But but it, it's it's one thing where like you don't want people staying up on stage too much too long. But then also it's like there are other ways to handle it, you no, know, like because sure. it, it, even though it was like a slight nudge, like you got to look at it as like. It, it can look like a way more violent act than it is you know yeah i know i know what you were mentioning definitely it looks way more violent from the front yeah 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 i noticed uh you guys gathered a lot of footage from warp tour 2013 for the late nights in my car video so was that near anywhere near half the footage you guys shot i mean i could imagine there would have been a lot more well that that was something where we had a buddy out uh jared that uh what he was he was only with us for like uh like not not that long uh maybe like two days of the tour which was like pomona and ventura which i think most of the that video is taken from yeah um so he was just around just shooting a bunch of video and stuff and i think yeah that 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 uh video was really only taken from at most like two or three days of work tour oh Um, nice great video that's awesome yeah i think kellen's friend was in it too or something like that yeah, I was saying Meg, uh, my friend Meg was in it. She's like the one that Ky- or hugs Kyle or whatever in the beginning. <laughs> oh, hell yeah. 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 Well, and speaking of music videos, like uh, even like with one uh, like uh, mess, I really liked like the 90s nostalgia vibe, especially with the old camcorder and all that and like the traditional Halloween vibe. I mean, it all I think it all went well together. But was it inspired by like any, like a horror film or anything like that? Um, it was it definitely like we I think we came to Kyle Thrash um, with more like descriptors of what we wanted for a video. Um, like we know we want to do something around Halloween. We know we wanted kind of like more of like an 80s, 90s vibe, mm-hmm. um, you know, and we wanted like kind of like a coming of age thing, you know, because you have like the sister that's like you know, thinking that like Halloween's lame and wanting to go to parties and stuff, kind of leaving her brother um, in the dust in that regard, uh, if mm-hmm. I remember correctly. But Kyle was somebody that we wanted to work with for like a while and we're trying to like make that happen and stuff. And like that was like where the stars align. And that was like, you know, a two day shoot um, like outside of Philly and stuff. And we had uh, all the extras were fans also, which was super oh, really? sick. Um, and all, all the kids were like so nice and like, we got to chill with them a decent amount. We played, um, a little acoustic set for them as well. 
um, it, it, it was just like a like really good vibes like that entire video I would say yeah no I can tell and then uh, uh one more in regards to music videos for me uh from the music video summer I definitely got to ask whose VHS collection was that <laughs> I don't know actually that was one that um I'm trying to think was that Jared that did that i have to i have to do a quick google search i think that was our buddy jared that that put that video together um the one that did the late nights in my car um one that you were talking about mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. uh let me check i have to pause this video no it was actually about max Moore. no not not uh jared no so you're gonna have to ask max more about it okay. all righty yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, because that was something that where we didn't have a performance in the video. That was just kind of like shot, you know. Yeah, it was just kind of like a telling a story almost. But yeah, no, I, I, I was like, yeah. oh shit, now that's a hell of a VHS collection. <laughs> and I spotted oh, like, space, yeah. space balls and all those classics. <laughs> so the yeah, uh, so unfortunately, I do not have an answer for you on that one. <laughs> no worries. So the final record you guys put out, Composure, was made completely at the studio without much uh, being prepared prior to the uh, release. Like, like, or like yeah, the pri- I'd say we had about like half of it. Yeah. So uh, that- and then a bunch of instrumental stuff. Was that like a stressful, a stressful or a refreshing creative process? I thought it was going to be stressful, but it ended up being awesome, at least for me. But I was yeah. manic, incredibly manic the entire time which yeah. I was able to kind of tap into like a, a, an excess of creative energy, mm-hmm. which was very useful in the studio. But mm-hmm. all of that energy outside of the studio was incredibly stressful for everybody that I came into contact with, especially the rest of the band, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so like studio, I was having a great time, you mm-hmm. know, studio. I, I, I was very, very productive personal life. Not so much. I will say. I see. Well, that, but that it, it was, it was something where, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it was something where Mike, uh, Mike Green, who produced it, like really uh, was the, was the only reason any of that could happen. Just with like his like own creativity and what he could help us bring to the table, and like kind of like because it, it it wasn't anything where like I don't think one person was carrying the torch too much without a little bit of help. Like it was always like one person's suggestion would spark all sorts of stuff from everybody. You know, because that was something where we also had um, Kyle and Dave present for a decent amount of the vocal writing as well. And mm-hmm. like uh, lyric editing to where like everybody was like contributing to it. And and then, like I said, like one idea leads to everybody else like having all sorts of input. And we, we didn't really do anything different on that record than we were doing writing anything else, you know, because it was something where like <laughs> uh, with writing vocals i would you know come up (coughs) excuse me kyle would um send me some lyrics or i'd have some lyrics or something and then like you know put something together send it to the dudes and then they'd have some feedback and then like after a little bit like we'd all get together and then like you know mess with everything a little more and write some more stuff together and like you know it was just this time we had or that that time rather uh, we just had one extra person in the room helping out that just happened to be like a whiz kid, you know? Mm-hmm. So I know you, you've mentioned a little bit about like depression and anxiety and stuff, um, even while on the road. Uh, what were your main sources to calm you down and zen your mindset while you were on tour? Um, I played a lot of video games. 
Okay. You know, it would be something where um, at one point I had brought out a PlayStation 4 and um, I had a mini PC that was made by Zotac uh, mm-hmm. that was like a little bit bigger than a GameCube. So it would just it would be able to fit on the uh, on the bandwagon that we had. Yeah. And uh, gaming was a lot of it. Um, unfortunately i smoked a lot of weed that was not great for my voice oh Um, man yeah i can't imagine yeah but if but you know if we're talking things that i was using that was one of them you know whether it's positive or negative yeah um but also i mean i i'd like to think that it was generally easy for me to get along with most if not everybody that we were ever on tour with yeah. You know, so getting unlike like I would hang a lot with with a lot of people that we were on tour with. So I think that was a good like stress relief too. whether, you know, maybe we'd go out for a drink after the show or something or just, you know, to have the time together at the shows to like, mm-hmm. you know, shoot the shit and hang out like that. That definitely like would help me a ton, you know, and just just having people to talk to, having people to chill with, like having people to spend time with because we're social creatures, you know, mm-hmm. that stuff helps. So was there a different vibe when you started working with Rational? Um, yeah, Rational is was a very, very different vibe because we record all of that as well. Um, we've only ever gone into a studio and had somebody else engineer something once. And that, and that was uh, to always be genius um, where Seth Henderson, who did most of the real friends stuff and all of the knuckle puck stuff. We did drums with him and then, you know, Joe would engineer everything. And then I might engineer some of Joe's vocals every once in a while. Cause you know, sometimes he can't do two things at once, you know? Um, but it's definitely something where we were a lot more reliant on ourselves, but then the schedules were so hectic that like, um, you know, it, there wasn't too much, time to be put into it together you know because ever somebody was always gone you know yeah no i get it and was it like a difficult transition at the time or was it kind of refreshing to try something different outside of you know real friends um well there wasn't necessarily a transition at first at all like like you know because it was something that i just did like in addition to it, like we've only ever played one show and that was with real friends. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, cause we, we had originally booked two separate dates, one for real friends, one weekend. And then the next weekend was rationale. Uh, something had come up with uh, Brian to where he couldn't play that show that week. So then we pushed it. We just combined the shows and it was just like, Oh yeah, cool. Well, whatever. We've got the date already set aside, you know? Um, but um now there you know like because like i said like it would just be something where like i'd be you know it it was an extra thing for me to do on tour where i'd just Mm -hmm. be like you know messing around with a guitar and then like just you know letting it sit for a little bit and then coming back to it and then like having something like you know and that was another thing that like you know helped occupy me when i had like a little extra energy on tour like in addition to like the games and the hangs and stuff you know Mm -hmm. you absolutely killed it at that first rationale uh, show I, I appreciate that. I, I see. I see that. the footage on YouTube. There's only like one and a half songs, I think, up on YouTube, if yeah. I remember correctly. Yeah. No, I just like the. It was like a really good energy there. Oh, thanks. I appreciate that. So, uh, Joe from Knuckle Puck is one of your best friends. Had you known him from growing up in the music scene, or just from these bands? 
No, uh, we met uh, because of the music scene. Okay. Um, you know, I had the first person that I'd met in Knuckle Puck was John. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was something where I came in a little too hot when I met John. Because I, I was like a genuine fan of Knuckle Puck before I met him. Oh, wow. You know, and John and I went to the same community college and we were introduced by um, our friend Frankie, who was a uh, real friend's first merch person. Um, merch manager, I will say. Um, and then like off the bat, I'm just like, yo, dude, like, I love your band. Knuckle Puck is sick. Like, let's play some shows sometime. And then John, like not knowing who the hell I am, who the hell I have anything to do with. Like, he's like, uh, yeah, sure, dude. Like, all right. (laughs) Is he, is he the drummer? Is John the drummer? John is the drummer. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And then, uh, from there, uh, I had seen Knuckle Puck like two or three times. Like I just like gone to these shows that were happening in like the South suburbs and stuff. And yeah. Um, and then eventually, I can't remember if it was Joe that messaged me first on Facebook or if I messaged him. Yeah. But it's just something where, like, we had mutuals. We saw each other around, like, a good amount. And then it's just like, oh, like, what's up, dude? You know, like, <laughs> you know, I see you at the shows sometimes. Like, I know you're in another band in the area. Like, you know, you want to come hang out with us sometime. And then, like, the first time I hung out with them was the first time I met Nick. And then Nick thought that like Joe knew me pretty well, which was why like, you know, I was coming over to hang out with them. And then like Joe's like, no, yeah, I I, I hardly know this dude that's coming <laughs> coming over to hang out and sing on one of our songs. <laughs> you know, <laughs> what was out? What was released by them that you were already a fan of at the time? Uh, it was just their first, their very, very, very first EP that will never see the light of day again. I see. Um, it's what eventually became "Don't Come Home." okay okay so there was like like really crude basement demos of that which i actually still have the demo cd for okay that's the one that's like three songs right i was four actually that that version of it don't come home ended up they they cut one of those songs yeah and so don't come home i believe ended up being only three songs like woodwork yeah well why and yeah the first song that i came and sang on was was woodwork acoustic okay (laughs) Hell yeah, dude. Yeah. So uh, what brand of guitars are you using in the band? Um, so I've got two main guitars that I use. Um, one is a Japanese uh, Telecaster oh, nice. with, a, with a pine body. Oh, it's so Ooh. sick. It's so sick. I want it. Uh, um, and it's got this beautiful green finish. Uh, and then the other one is a Gibson uh, ES-339. That's very sick as well. Nice. Is it is it an evergreen finish? Uh, actually, it, it <laughs> is like a it's like a sage green. It like like truly is like yeah. I know I know what you're going for, but Hell yeah. <laughs> um, it is a green finish. I'm an asshole. <laughs> nah, um, you're good. You're good. Anyways, uh, what's what's the collaboration like on the project? Do you guys meet up and write the lyrics together, or do you each do your own in- individual writing and then like strip it down and formulate the music? Um, I think for for the most part, in the past, it's been like we bring each other songs, Same. and then there's there's going to be some some form of input from the other person on the songs. Mm-hmm. Um, like I guess some sort of vetting. If you want to call it that, um, but it, you know, like say, like I'll I'll write a song, yeah, and I'll I'll come up with like you know program drums for it. I'll do some guitar and bass uh, on it, 
and I'll send it over to Joe and then I'll send it because we, we both record in logic. So mm-hmm. uh, I'm able to send over the project to Joe. Joe will kind of clean it up, uh, make it sound actually decent because um, he's got a better ear than I do. Um, and then just like some, some like little input suggestions and stuff. And like, you know, I'll, I might like write like the vocal melodies and get the lyrics together. And then like, we kind of figure out like, okay, who's singing what here? Mm-hmm. And, and then like, yo, Joe, you take this line and you put your spin on it. And then like, we, we kind of produce each other to an extent be like, yo, it'd be sick if you like brought this out of your voice here or like, you know, did this thing here, like, mm-hmm. and all, all sorts of different things. Um, but then like, like there are a couple songs though, where it's like a collaborative effort where we start writing it together mm-hmm. and then like, you know, and we finish it together and stuff like that. That's cool. So you got like a little bit of everything, a couple different ways. Yeah. 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 Or like Joe might write a song and then send it over to me and I'll like get some lyrics together and, um, and all that good stuff. And then, uh, get some lyrics and vocal melodies, send it back to Joe, um, and then, you know, Joe, like I might write the verses and then Joe will take care of the chorus or something, you know. Mm-hmm. So this this is in regards to shows and recording. But do you have like a certain vocal warm up that you do for shows or anything special that you drink or consume to get your vocal cords sounding dandy? Um, I would. I, well, when shows were happening, I would do a lot of uh, the Zen of Screaming by Melissa Cross. Yeah, she's yeah. great. She's awesome. Um, and if there was anything I'd try to drink, it would be like throat coat tea. Yeah. Okay. Um, and that's really, yeah, that was really the only thing, you know, I, I, a big barrier for me to singing well was like my smoking habit, Mm -hmm. you know, like both cigarettes and weed, which I'm trying to, you know, I've, I'm putting this out in the universe that once I'm done (laughs) with the cigarettes I have, I'm done, you know, so You got to wish me luck. And if anybody sees me smoking a cig, come punch me in the gut, please. Hell yeah, dude. Yeah. Well, no, nah, dude, it's it's totally worth getting off cigarettes. I quit six years ago and it's made such a tremendous impact on me health wise. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. sure I'm, I'm, you know, because I feel like I'll be able to sing better. I'll be able to like, like, because the, the best I ever sang was when I was like, I, I was off cigarettes for like four or five months and I was exercising and doing like insanity. Yeah. and stuff and like it was you know and it's like i want to i want to get back to that mm-hmm. you know i want to and i, and I want to feel healthy you know i don't i wake up and i don't necessarily feel the best but then i go mm-hmm. and smoke and it's just like oh gotta have gotta have it gotta have it it's just like what you know it's going to be one day this week where i wake up and i'm just going to be out and i'm going to be i'm just i need to be done with it i want to be done with it this is me putting it out in the universe to be done with it don't they have like nicotine gum or does that help I can't do that stuff. You know, I try to, um, I've tried using gum, gum, the gum like burns my throat. It's really uh, weird. What about um, vaping, vaping uh, it just gets me incredibly addicted to nicotine. Incredibly. Yeah, vaping. Um, shit. Yeah. I don't do that. Yeah. Sometimes just cold. Tur- I mean, cause I did cold Turkey. I just stopped. Like I just had like my last one in the pack and I was just like, after this i'm done no more like otherwise i'm gonna screw up my voice and then yeah i never touched one since i mean sometimes cold turkey works i guess it's just you really gotta really push yourself to do it 100 percent. yeah no i feel that i feel that have you ever had a show where you like ate the wrong thing and it negatively affected you (laughs) oh my god yes oh my god yes it was the first time we ever played riot fest um and it was it was when riot fest was in toronto Oh, okay. Yeah, um, I remember that. And it was 
it was an incredibly dry day, first and foremost, in a field where the grass was hella dry. So everybody like pitting um, <laughs> and like moving around was kicking up a shit ton of dust into the air. Oh, I but hate then, that. No, I hate that. Yeah. But then uh, before that, I had uh, eaten the catering and I had very spicy chili. And that oh, like there were no. some points in the set where my voice wasn't doing the best because what? of that combination of like the the fucking dust getting kicked up on top of like. And plus, I don't think I drank enough water that day at that point either, because it was like, you know, we played it maybe like one or two p.m. Yeah, that day. Like, so that was a little rough. And they, there have been times where it's, you know, like other times where some things I've eaten like produced an incredible amount of phlegm in my throat and, and, you know, made the set not so great, at least for me. But, um, that, that's the one time that really sticks out. Well, like we said before, at least the scene is really cool for being able to just stick the mic in everybody's face. So if you can't sing, you can just hand it to somebody. Oh, that was not a time when everybody knew the words. <laughs> oh no. Oh, oh shit. no. We were opening that riot fest. We were, we were the first band playing that day. Plus you probably had the huge barrier barricade barrier. Yep. Yep. Yeah. And it's, it's not like we didn't have people singing or anything. It's just like, like, like that, that I think that Riot Fest was maybe like 2013 or something like it was like, that was something really early in the band as well. So it's like, I didn't necessarily have, like, I, I didn't know to be doing warmups or what warmups to even begin to start doing at that point on top of just, you know, just some, I guess, uh, irresponsible slash naive choices, like having that chili right before we played mm -hmm. drying out my throat like that. I would be freaking out. I'd probably just feel like I'd have to take a shit or something like mid-set, <laughs> mid you know? I, I'm not really good with, like, spicy food, though, in general. Like, it just messes me up. Do you want to tell them the story? Tell, tell me the story. Uh, you're disgusting. All right. Um, <laughs> well, it's not really yeah, a... I, true. Huh? Is that disgusting or is it you that's disgusting? Yeah, yeah I guess it's, I guess it's, it's a little bit of both. It's a um, story. More I, it's not really a spicy story, though. It's actually funnier than that. Um, so I was a voter on, like, America's Got Talent. Like, okay, we got paid like bullshit money to like 60 bucks or something to go vote for like uh, the champions round or whatever for America's Got Talent, where they they bring like the guests back that didn't win. And they're still really good, but they just like narrow it down for those guys and they call it champions. Anyways, uh, we sat in this room voting for hours and stuff. And the whole time they're feeding us like chips and water. And if you can imagine having like five bags of chips and water, like that's not going to go well oh yeah no so it was just was going on for hours and by the time it ended i'm just like i got a shit uh so basically there was no bathroom there um i had to go walk to wherever my parking garage was and drive home because this was like 10 o'clock at night at this point and i'm like am i really gonna go to a mcdonald's and be told i have to leave if i try to get to the bathroom anyways so i go to i go to look for my car i go to the parking garage i go to the very top you know because i was on the roof um and I'm like, where's my car? Oops, I'm in the wrong parking garage. <laughs> so I walk, I walk back out, dude. And yeah, had a fart. It wasn't a fart. I shit myself. Oh no. I shit myself bad. <laughs> um, it was it was real bad. And then and then I went and I found the right parking garage, went to the roof. I'm like, here's my car. I sat in my own shit, Ugh. drove home. It was miserable. And this was not yeah. a long time ago. This is like four years ago. So oh, I think it was yeah. Three years ago was it three i don't even remember it, yeah, was, it was like terrible. it was like it was like late 2018 because i remember you were saying and then you just told me the story and like i think i was just shocked no <laughs> harm no foul no shame everybody's got a shitting their pants story it's true <laughs>
<laughs> yeah. So, uh, Dan, um, so over the years, uh, has there been a particular city you enjoyed playing the most on tour? Uh, I would say the one that I enjoyed playing the most outside of Chicago, um, <coughs> at least in America was probably Philly. Oh, I love Philly. Yeah. Philly's just, I, I don't know. It just was always, always good vibes there. The first time we ever played there was a little weird. Um, <laughs> we played at this bar in like a, an odd part of town. And I, I was like walking around I walked under this bridge and within like five minutes of me just being outside, somebody had offered me, uh, Xanax and, or like pretty much whatever I wanted to get, if I wanted to get it. <laughs> um, and I was just like, Oh, Okay. Um, and this is like the first time anybody's tried to offer me things that were like harder than weed, you know? (laughs) And I was like, uh, no, I'm, I'm good. I'm good. Thank you. Um, cause then it's like, at that point, that was like our first ever tour. Like what, what money did I have to spend on, on drugs? Like first and foremost. (laughs) Um, but now, but yeah. And then like, I don't know, ever since like, it just had a, a soft spot for me. Like just, I love Philly. Great food too. Hell yeah. Yeah. And Union Transfer is a good venue. I never went to the uh, first Unitarian Church one though. Is that the one with like the cool carpet or whatever? Or, like the, the Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I want to go there. That, that looks like No, it's a good spot. It's a good spot. We got to play there on a tour uh, 2018, I believe. Mm-hmm. We did two nights there. It was pretty sick. But yeah, speaking of getting offered drugs, uh, I went to Dave Matthews Band when I was like super young. Uh, I mean, maybe not super young, but I was like a teenager, you know? And I go there and like literally the moment we walked out of my car, this like weird dude with this crazy like hipster mustache came up to me and was like trying to get some shrooms, like got right in my face. And I'm like, okay, this is where this is the show I'm at. (laughs) And that just kind of went on all night. Like there were just tons of people like that. Yeah, everyone's tripping at Dave Matthews. Oh, I can see that. I can see that. So where'd, where'd you get the idea to start doing Twitch? And uh, I'd like to commend you on your very successful stream. Oh, I appreciate that. Um, I love it. I, uh, Twitch was something that I had like just found out about, you know, and I was like, oh, that's cool. Like you can play games and people come watch and chill and hang out. And, um, and I didn't really start doing it seriously until like maybe like two and a half, three years ago or so, like, like, mm-hmm. uh, beginning of 2018. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had done it, I've been doing it since like 2015, but more so like on and off, uh, here and there, like whenever I could, just cause we were touring so much. Um, and I was just doing it straight from my PlayStation. And my first stream was actually an accident um, because like I was trying to like set up some stuff and test some things. And then like I went live like to test something out. And then like it had pushed a tweet saying that I was live. So like then people started coming in being like, ooh, 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 what's this? What's this? What's this? And I was just like, oh, I don't know yet. <laughs> um, Got to figure then, it out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So and then like because I wanted to do like more informational stuff on games being like, oh, like this is why. I love this game. This is why, like, you know, Absolutely. like, I, and I just wanted to like share things about games. And, and I thought, and, and like, I, I think that Twitch was very good for me or it, and is very good for me still in a sense that like, it taught me how I could approach our fans and stuff in real friends. Cause like, like I said earlier, like I had a lot of anxiety, like with like meet and greets and stuff, like 
in like worrying that I would disappoint people or that I wouldn't live up to this image they had of me and stuff. So yeah. it, it was nice to be able to break down the barrier mm-hmm. in a way. Um, but then also like, you know, have like m- more stuff to talk about than just like, Oh, Hey, I really like your band, you know? And then like that, you know, and then that's where the conversation ends. Um, and it's just like, I've gotten to like, kind of know some of these people as well. Like, cause we, I, I, I talk to some of these people more than I talk to some of my friends that, that come into the, the chat and stuff. And like, at least during quarantine too, like it's given me a lot of like sociability and like mm-hmm. a, a, an outlet to like have actual legitimate human interaction, yeah. you know, when we're all so like starved for it. Mm-hmm. So what can people expect from your Twitch? Like, is it, do you have like a particular shtick? Um, well, I, I still do a, a fair amount of gaming. Um, lately, I've been doing uh, some art as well. Yeah. Uh, like, I've, I've been doing some drawing. I, I like just like more simple, like Nintendo characters, and like pencil sketches. But I, I have a good time doing it. Um, and then I'll play, you know, some guitar, bass. Uh, every once in a while like I try to do like once a week or like every other week um, and I, I you know now that it's nicer out I'm trying to take some more photos so that I can do some photo editing on stream as well mm-hmm. but uh, you know I try to because uh, you know a big thing on Twitch is variety streaming so I try to take that variety and, and sometimes make it a little bit more than just gaming because mm-hmm. that Twitch is more than just gaming now more than ever you know it really and definitely yeah. when i started it, it was gaming and just game you know they hadn't even i don't even think they they had implemented like irl or just chatting or anything into it yet um and then once they did you saw this whole influx of like other content different types of content creation you know mm-hmm. that's awesome so you have a very extensive and impressive gear setup. Did you have this fantastic equipment when you started or did you just pick things up along the way to make things look and sound better? Um, well, the, the thing I had going for me was that like, you know, I wanted to have more control over demos and stuff when writing in real friends and writing for rationale and stuff. Um, Cause like when we first, uh, when we first started real friends, you know, the demos were lit, like Dave would come up with something on his MacBook with like program drums and stuff, send it over. I'd get some lyrics and then, um, I would put my iPhone in the corner of a room and turn on the voice memo, uh, app. And then I'd have an iPod playing the demo on a speaker and then me just yelling, uh, across the room into the phone and then sending it over to the guys. You know, just being like, what do you think of this? What do you think of this? What do you think of this? Um, so then eventually I took money I was making from real friends and bought a MacBook. I bought a two channel interface. Um, and then like with rationale, then I started buying more guitar gear, uh, a, a couple of nicer things as well. Um, you know, to like up the quality on my end, if I ever had to record anything that would end up being, uh, used for rationale and stuff. And then, um, so, so I had like this arsenal that for a little bit, I didn't know could be used for streaming yeah. and stuff. And then it wasn't till I made a friend on the Twitch partnership team 
where he had explained to me like, no, yeah, dude, your music, you're like, you can use it for streaming. Like, you know, you've got this microphone, you've got this interface, like use it for the stream. So then I'm like, shit, like, all right. You know? And then, and then even just making that switch to like that cheap two channel interface and like the Sennheiser mic I had, people were like already being like, dude, like your shit sounds clear. Shit sounds crisp, man. Like that's so sick. And I'm like, (laughs) shit sounds all right. Like, cool. Like I'm not doing much here, but you know, but then eventually I wanted to get uh, some nicer things, some things that could accommodate me playing guitar on yeah. stream and whatnot. Like, because um, there are a lot of ways to be able to do that stuff on a stream, like using mm-hmm. virtual audio cables and stuff that is just too complicated for me to figure out. So if I have a hardware solution for it, I'm going to go for the hardware solution. Absolutely. Um, and yeah, it, it, it's just more so like over time, you know, because like I said, like I started streaming from a PlayStation 4. You know, and just with like the headset with the PlayStation. So it's like, I definitely did not start out having any sort of gear. And then like getting a PC was a huge upgrade for me in streaming. Um, And then it was just kind of like, definitely over time, I amassed all this stuff. So I'm kind of new to Twitch, but are people able to like donate money to you? How does that work? Yeah. So with Twitch, there's a couple different... um, monetization options it's it's all all of it if you think about it is out of the kindness of people's hearts like really yeah absolutely with it um you know they can subscribe to the channel um whether it be with cash or if they've got amazon prime they link it to twitch they get a twitch prime sub that's just free money for the streamer which it's like hell yeah let's go there you go um and uh you know they can donate directly through paypal if they choose if like you set that up and um and then there's something called cheering where like people buy this like currency on on twitch called bits where like one bit is one penny so if they cheer 100 bits that's a dollar and then that's kind of like i consider that more like uh you know if you were waiting tables and get like a credit card tip Mm -hmm. you know it's something where that goes like officially on the books and twitch is the one that distributes that to me like on a monthly basis that doesn't go like directly into my bank account where like the paypal ones would be more like a cash tip that's like right then and there you get you know hell yeah sweet so if someone's being a knucklehead in the chat is it easy to block them or do you have to report them and wait for twitch to handle it oh no you can ban them right on the spot there there are people that truly it's it's just kind of like they have nothing better to do, yeah. you know, um, trolls. Yes. Yeah. Yes. There, there are people that try to find ways to use racial or homophobic slurs, um, you know, and get around like, you know, auto mod or like certain like things that are put in place to like prevent that. And, mm-hmm. you know, in a way it's disheartening, but then you have everybody kind of coming around to like clown on that person and be like, wow, what a fucking asshole. What a shithead. Yeah. You know, it's just like, like, it's just like, it's because it's just frustrating. Like, why do people need to resort to those kinds of things to get a laugh out of people? Like, I think there are, there are so many more creative ways to be funny and like actually okay. leave an impact on people. Like that could be, you know, something somewhat meaningful instead of just like something that's hateful and pointless, you know? I feel like we should be so past that at this point, but I feel like there's always going to be, you know, Half, or a lot of the people that are still there's always like gonna that, be, there's know? always gonna be that dick you know yeah it's always gonna be that <laughs> yep. um so in a weird way has twitch kept you from feeling lonely during covid it seems like such a great outlet 100 just hang yeah 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 i mean it could, i mean especially at the at the beginning you know 
it's just you get to talk to people <laughs> um yeah and then you know and whether you're playing video games or music or photos or art whatever it is there there are people like and it's it's also like consoling as well it's just like you know to take like a hobby or quote unquote you know or something like that like um and then like share that with people and like have that vulnerability there and then people be vulnerable like in turn um you know because i think that a lot of people at least that come into my chat are incredibly supportive and like you know and i, I try to say this every day like they're, they're not supportive of just me and the channel they're also supportive of each other yeah. in a way where like somebody comes in and they're having a bad day everybody's coming in being like yo yo it's all like like just words of encouragement just general kindness um like you know, because maybe sometimes people need to talk it out or they just want a place to just sit back and relax and stuff. But like some of the vulnerability you see on the site is truly like endearing. Like, and it, it's really like heartwarming to know that there are like caring people out there, you know, like, cause you get, you get the shitheads that come in and, and have to resort to like racial slurs and stuff. But I think for like every one of them, I think, at least in my experience, like they, there are even more people that are just kind hearted and, and just, just amazing. You know, what's your favorite or craziest thing that somebody has said on Twitch? Craziest thing that somebody's ever said on Twitch. There's gotta be something crazy. <laughs> you know, I've seen, nothing... I've seen some crazy stuff already. What's crazy that you saw that? I don't know. I just like people were just like saying really random things like nothing that I could like remember. But I just remember laughing at a lot of the stuff that was going through the chat. Just like had nothing to do with what you were doing. You were playing like guitar and somebody just said something super random. Yeah, <laughs> um, I think. Well, the, there's one time recently where yeah. like um, so music on Twitch has been kind of a controversial thing, really? uh, like over the last couple of months, just because with like DMCA and like copyright stuff like the. Mm -hmm labels and the riaa are desperate um and they are coming after any penny that they can oh, wow. and it's not every label um you know like there are plenty of labels that are cool like like pure noise for instance curated a playlist specifically for uh twitch streamers just to be like hey if you want to play any of our music this is what you play and, and you know they've got something from every single band on the roster oh, um that's awesome which is super cool it's just they um, want to get any kind of scent they can whenever a song's being used in Twitch, right? Kind of like what they've done with like Facebook music, Instagram music, and all that, right? Yeah, well, and yeah. It, but but the thing is, is they can't like, I like, I don't know. It, it's weird because like apparently you need like two different kinds of licenses to be able to live stream and like have music playing and like I don't know. It's just like in this weird like like pseudo wild west phase where like some people are still like playing whatever music they want some people are getting away with it some people are getting banned after three dmca strikes um but with with the pure noise playlist at least like you know because there are times where like i you know i need a little bit of a break on stream so i'll like pop outside for a minute but i'll, I'll still be in the chat chatting with people and there's something you can do called emote only mode um so we put on i think I want to say it was either the pure noise playlist we put on or an every time I die record I put on. And it was just like, all right, you motherfuckers, I'm putting in emote only mode and we are moshing. And then I'm the only one that me and mods were the ones that could actually type out words and stuff where everybody had to use emotes or emojis or anything like that. 
And then we're just like, all right, motherfucker, circle pit, circle pit, circle pit. Board stiff. And, <laughs> yeah. And then there's, yeah. Dun, 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 dun. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah. And then they're just like going wild, like spamming the most ridiculous emotes. And then it's just like nonstop. Everybody's just like, just spamming shit posting. Um, <laughs> like at least, at least that I can think of that is the positive. <laughs> um <laughs> you know the, the the positive craziest thing other crazy things that happen are not necessarily things that i'd like to repeat or that are appropriate yeah no it's totally fine did you uh grow up playing video games and was it something that gave you solace in your free time as a kid oh 100 i mm-hmm. uh me and my n64 when i was younger we were best friends same, same. um <laughs> that was something where like you know, my, my parents knew I loved it so much, even before I got one that they'd rent it for me from Blockbuster, like the actual console and stuff. Um, I would spend so much time playing it. And it was just something where like, I, I had a place where like I mattered more than I normally would. That was also forgiving and, you know, represented like trial and error for me as a kid, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and like just a place where I could fuck up and it's okay. <laughs> you know? Did you ever have that Tom and Jerry game as a kid for Nintendo 64? I did not. Most of most of the games that I played on N64 were like Nintendo games. I didn't really play too many third party games as a kid. Okay. So yeah, no, most of so, the Mario stuff. Yeah, like uh obviously like you probably I, I think everybody who had an N64 definitely played it was zelda ocarina of time oh yeah. oh yeah that and majora's mask oh i played to oh oh my god to no end i <laughs> never i never finished majora's mask never i never finished it all these years you should go back and do it i probably should <laughs> do it the 3ds version if you can get a hold of it uh is a great 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 remaster of the game or remake whatever you want to call it yeah yeah no especially like with remat i like how the remastering games from like the like 90s and all that like torak and all that like uh oh yeah well i mean it's amazing. kind of crazy because like when when we were kids you wouldn't be able to fathom playing some of those games handheld no mm-hmm. definitely not. you know and then like now like you know people are running emulation on like androids and shit playing these games like you know just <laughs> in something that fits in your pocket like that's even smaller than a game boy people yeah. got it easy today compared to back then <laughs> <laughs> i used oh, to oh yeah I used to have like huge pizza parties with my neighbors across the street. We'd have like a pizza party and we'd play like Mario Party, Mario Kart, Super Smash Bros. I mean, those are the best times. Like uh, Mario Kart 64. Kids don't know what they're missing now. I'm telling you. Yeah, they don't. Yeah. Well, I think, I mean, I think right now people are missing a lot of like, you know, couch co-op or like being together and, and yeah. like playing games together in the same room. Yeah. But I think with how technology is now with like things like discord, you know, it it makes it to where it is kind of like you're in the same room with some of these people. And like, honestly, you know, if I want to play halo now, I don't have to fucking share my screen with somebody who's just going to look at everything I'm doing and cheat. I hate that. You know? Oh, I hate that. (laughs) I remember that so much. (laughs) Yeah. So it's just like, it's just, there are pros and cons to it, you know, because like when yeah. I was when I was younger too, um, you know, when when Halo was like really like popping off with like Halo one and two, mm. um, like my friends and I would get together and we'd get like sixteen people together and do like LAN parties <laughs> and shit. And like one of my friends had like the perfect setup for it, and he had uh, a younger brother and an older brother, and 
the one uh, the one brother that I knew the best, uh, we, between our friends, we had eight people. So two of the groups. And then um, older brother had one friend group in the basement. Younger brother had one friend group upstairs. And we just had four separate Xboxes. And it was just ridiculous when Madness. we had to like do different teams and shit. And just like all of the shit talking that was taking place, like just up and down the house, like was wild. I used to come home in like high school or middle school or whatever. I used to come home and I'd put on Grand Theft Auto if I was having like a really bad day and I would steal cars and I'd run over people. And you know, it was like, <laughs> it was like therapeutic. Like I swear to God. So you do sociopath shit. Yeah. <laughs> Even like, uh, there was one game my brother and I used to play it. Like when I was still living in, uh, Buffalo in like 2013, 2014 was a survival horror game called Outlast. And oh, oh, I remember shit. Outlast. Oh, Outlast is I kind of remember amazing. that. I can't wait for the third one to come out. But yeah, that game's terrifying. It yeah. is. And like uh, I was, I discovered, and like they have them on YouTube to read. But they decided to make a comics, a six episode comic books that gap in between Outlast one and two which is and and even like the spinoff part of outlast whistleblower where which interludes with mm -hmm. the the first game but dude honestly those games the very first time i played it i remember like the second my brother pushed open the door where the dead body just drops like we both fucking scream <laughs> oh no and when you're in that basement filled with water and that dude's just it's like just like pitch black in the basement yeah. and then like he's just lurking around down there he's looking oh my for god you. yeah and like he's just saying all like the most like un, un like un like uh what's the word like on it's not unexplainable but the most irrational like words like yeah he's just saying <laughs> I, I remember also in outlast there were like these two dudes uh i would imagine that they're twins or brothers yeah, or something that. and they're just sitting there like always naked just hanging <laughs> dong like uncut like truly just like what is going on right now like that these dudes are walking up to me just like butt-ass naked and yeah they're just they just like are trying to kill you like like and yeah like then you have like a the one character the giant dude named chris walker like he's just ripping heads off of everybody he comes across and, yo you're a yep. you're a big fan of torak too right yeah 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 no like the classic games are great and then you know the last game they ever made was like 2008 and then i think they just started doing comics again they haven't really done any games since except the remastered the remasters of the originals but yeah but no i mean i can go on and on about video games i'm sure dan and i could probably go on and on about oh that. yeah when I get back to California, we got to get Mario Tennis. I've been dying Mario to play tennis. that again. <laughs> been dying. Um, so, Dan, did you ever get in trouble in school growing up? And did you ever get detention? Uh, I think I got detention like once or twice. I was generally a pretty tame kid, at least in school. Yeah. yeah. Uh, there was one time I did get suspended, though, in Hell high yeah. school. Me too. Um, <laughs> I, uh, I had wanted so essentially i set up uh a hangout for me and this chick that i liked <laughs> and you know and it was the same night that we were supposed to have like a jazz band concert okay um so and i was gonna be <laughs> graded for that so i was gonna take the f for it oh no um and then my sister's friend or, or what no let me rephrase that <laughs> one of the one of one of my friends that was in jazz band his little sister and my little sister were friends okay 
So his little sister asked my sister if they were going to go to the concert that night that I had very successfully kept from my family. Okay. You know? Um, and then uh, she asked my mom and I was like, what is this about a concert tonight that you're supposed to be? I'm like, God damn it. I was livid, you know? Um, oh, man. And so then my mom drove me to the high school and get on stage uh, like they were having a basketball game and i was trying to like get in there so i could get my saxophone and then have to go to this concert and uh the sports administrator had stopped me i was like what do you think you're doing like what what are you doing in here like let me see your school id i'm like i don't have fucking time for this like i'm (laughs) i i you know i have this band thing I'm, i'm just going to get my uh i'm just going to get my saxophone and then this dude kept following me. And of course he doesn't know me. Cause like, I'm, I'm more of like one of the, the arts kids in the school. And he only like, he, this dude doesn't even teach. He's yeah. only there for sports. So like, you know, so of course he's going to have give preferential treatment to all those kids. Yeah. But you know, he was just following me, kept giving me a hard time. And it's like looking back on it now, very appropriate of, of him to do. Cause he, he didn't know who the fuck I was. I could have gone in there with a weapon and hurt people. Wow. you know yeah, yeah um which is something i didn't even consider at the time no you know yeah. looking back on it now mm-hmm. um but then like you know he's i i grabbed this x when i'm just leaving i'm like and I'm, like, and I'm just like i think i told him that his, his head looked like a penis because he was bald and the dude was <laughs> generally a dick yeah you know uh because like i said like preferential treatment he didn't give a fuck about me like <laughs> ever you know um yeah. But yeah, and then they uh, when I came back on Monday, they, they they didn't let me play the concert that night. They called my band director, being like, "No, he does not play." Blah blah blah. He's in trouble. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, I uh, yeah, and then on Monday got suspended. Hell yeah! <laughs> I got I got uh, cornered in my gym locker room, and I, like literally my whole gym class cornered me in here and like forced me to fight this fat kid. And I don't even get into fights. And this kid started, you know, swinging at me and I hit him like once and uh, that was pretty much it. And then this kid filmed it. And because he filmed it, he got called down to the principal's office and was like, do you have footage of this fight? And, you know, instead of just saying no, like anybody should, uh, he was like, yeah, here it is. And uh, he was like one of my friends at the time. So I was kind of bummed that he did that. Um, But anyways. I got suspended and they were supposed to send me to like this bad kids school for the week. It was called Dexter. And, uh, instead of that, I was like, fuck that. I'm going to have my mom sign this little, uh, certificate or whatever you call it. Uh, saying that I can go home for the week and just play video games and watch movies and do my work (laughs) and do my work from home. And that's exactly what I did. I just, I just, uh, put on some three, six mafia and I, I played grand theft auto and, uh, Mario party. Yeah, it was sick. <laughs> so you play any sports growing up? Oh, God. Yeah, I did. And the people that I played, I, I played uh, baseball. That's where I got made fun of the most. Oh, why? Why? Um, I'm not uh, I'm not <laughs> talented when it comes to sports. OK. Um and yeah uh adolescent boys are not who are into sports are not kind or at least were not kind when i was younger to people who are not good at sports yeah um because of winning little league victories apparently are 
you know, very highly sought after by adolescent boys. So yeah, I, there, there were a lot of people that made fun of me and, you know, wouldn't even like want to like explain things to me so I can even try to begin liking what I was doing. Yeah. Um, so that was unfortunate, but then I, I, I did play some soccer in like summer leagues. Uh, I want to say in like junior high and like my freshman year of high school. And that was fun, yeah. you know, and those people were a lot nicer. And it, that, that was a time too, where like, uh, you know, puberty was happening. So I was getting taller and like lanky and I didn't have too much, uh, I guess too much weighing me down because I was a chubby kid. Um, okay. so I, I wasn't the fastest in, in baseball and also like not the best with being able to swing and hit the ball. Mm-hmm. But uh, soccer was a little bit easier for me. And like, I think at one point we were on the worst team, but it didn't really matter because everybody was just chilling and having a good time. You know, yeah, that's all. It's it was about. Like a, yeah. yeah, it was a wildly different experience from baseball. But it's just like, you know, a, a lot of people when I was in elementary school and junior high as well, like a lot of the people that were into sports were the bullies and were not nice to me and stuff. So so I, I never I was never really incentivized to like sports when i when i was a kid see that should be their, their most important job is to help the the lesser good candidates on the team because once you you fix their issues and you make them good the whole team is going to get better so i don't understand yeah. why why people act like that i really don't but yeah i, I played a punching bag yeah we, we both played baseball too i played for like yeah. nine years i loved it oh nice i wasn't very good either though you know like i just love playing yeah i did it for two years and kind of like the same thing it's just you know teammates were always you know a dick about something and you know always complained about something and it's just you know i didn't want to be a part of that if that's how they were gonna be you know like, yeah like, like even if you mess up on the smallest little thing they would give you shit for it and it's just like what the hell I, you know you still give it your 150 percent while you're out there you yeah so i remember I- not knowing what an rbi was and instead of explaining it to me they just said you're a fucking idiot and I still don't know what an RBI is. <laughs> That's epic. Um, so I got a couple more, and then I got like this bullshit speed round that I put at the end of every episode, which you probably have heard. Um, okay. Anyways, back in 2014, this is just like, it's not even a question. I'm just like saying something. But back in 2014, I saw you and the singer of Mayday Parade. I was staying at a hotel in LA, like right near the airport, I think. And I shit you not, I saw you and the singer of Mayday Parade just walking down the sidewalk. Didn't even know that you guys were in tour in, in town for like a tour or anything. I just literally saw you walking down the sidewalk and that was the craziest thing. <laughs> like just oh, randomly. Yeah, yeah. Just saw D- you Derek's good people. Yeah. I, I don't know what year that was. I think it was like 2014. So do you if, remember it, what... if it was a club tour, it was 2015. 2015. Okay. That makes sense then. So how does songwriting help you cope with the issues you face in life? Um, I think it is a way for my subconscious to tell me things that I didn't even realize about what I was going through. Okay. You know, and it's something where like, you're finally able to get your thoughts down on paper or on, you know, Microsoft word, whatever, whatever you're using, whatever your method is. Um, Mm -hmm. If I, if I didn't have my, my notes app on my phone to like jot down lyrics, I would be wasting so much fucking paper. Holy shit. Yeah. Um, Absolutely. But no, it's, it's definitely something where it's like, like sometimes it's not till like you write something out in like a lyric form or a poem or even maybe just like a journal entry or something or just like writing your feelings. out. I've done that too. Like where it's just like, 
wow, like this, like makes a little bit more sense to me, or at least like how I'm approaching it. You know, it, it, it somehow gives you, you give yourself insight that you didn't know you had, mm-hmm. you know, but then also like, you know, being able to share that with people as well gives its own insight to the music as well. Cause then like we would have uh, fans come up to me and just be like, Hey, like I, you know, this, this song is helping me cope with like the loss of like a grandparent or a family member or a friend or something when like yeah. the song might not be about loss in general, you know, it, it's something where like I, I could write a song about my cat and somebody thinks it could, it, it relates to, you know, maybe issues they have with their parents or their, or like, a grandparent passing away or something like, like the weirdest threads get mm-hmm. tied to it where then like, it's like, I didn't even think of some of, of what I wrote or what I contributed to being applied in this manner, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah. So where do you think you'd be without music? Are there any jobs that you think you would have done instead? Good God. Um, Office Max. When I, and <laughs> now I hope not. Um, <laughs> no, when I, um, when I was in community college, most of my extracurriculars were spent uh, studying psychology or literature. Yeah. I had either wanted to be like a teacher, like probably an English teacher or um, a therapist. So hopefully that would have been something I would have gone into and, you know, uh, never too late, I guess, if I wanted to pursue something like that. I don't think I'd go into teaching. I think that I don't necessarily... I don't have the patience without cussing mm-hmm. to be a teacher. Like if I, if I was like a high school teacher, I'd, I'd be, I'd be teaching these kids new words every day, you know, as far as like what really bad words exist out there, you know? Well, you'd be a really good teacher though. I think they'd love you. Honestly. Uh, well, the faculty would not love my cursing. Yeah. The faculty would hate it. Yeah, of course. <laughs> you, can always, you can always teach college because I think they're a little more laid back there. That is true. That is true. But I don't know. It's just, uh, we'll see if that ever comes up again. You know, did you ever get messed up in a pit or did you ever get hurt on stage while performing? Yes to both. Of course. Um, so attending a show, not playing. Um, I was, I want to say I was 17 senior year of high school. Okay. I went to go see punchline and frantic at Metro here in Chicago. Hell yeah. And there's a kid that had fallen down in the pit. I was helping him up Mm -hmm. and, but he was already getting up as I was helping him up. So like the force of him coming up with me, helping him up shot the back of his head up into my nose and broke my nose. And since I was, yeah, since I was not 18 yet, uh, my parents had to come pick me up. So they had to drive all the way to Wrigleyville to get me from, from the South side, uh, I mean, they were not happy, but more so concerned. Um, were they like, you can't go to another show or something? No, 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 uh, not at all. Not at all. They couldn't stop cool. me from that. Um, <laughs> but um, so that happened. Luckily, my nose got broken in place. So mm-hmm. I don't think there's too much yeah. uh, harm that was done there. Um, and then one time that I really messed myself up, uh, we were on tour with the main and um knuckle puck okay and it was in seattle at el corazon and that stage is already a little bit cramped Mm -hmm. 
Um, but they also don't, they didn't do barricades at that venue. So then people would be able to come up stage dive, you know, do all that good stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, so I was headbanging on stage very violently. And when I headbang, I do it with like the entire upper half of my body. Yeah. Like like one of those little birds that go into the water, you know what I'm talking about? (laughs) Um, what are those called? Um, What do you mean? Okay, birds that go under the water. Like the little like wooden birds that they'd have like, you know, you'd tilt its head back and it would just bob up and down back and forth. I don't know if you've ever seen one of those. I have. I just I'd be (laughs) terrible at naming it, but that's hilarious. Yeah. But uh, so so that that's how I would be just using the entire upper half of my body very (laughs) aggressively head banging. And then there was a girl that had come up on stage and I swung my head back and I didn't see it because because I had banged with my eyes closed, too. Um, yeah, of course. Yeah, it helps me not be as dizzy when I when I get back up. And then she she was just wrong place, wrong time. Same with me. And I like hit my head back down, like right above my right eye, like my eyebrow. Yeah, hit the back of her head, oh. and it hurt like hell. It was wow. like full uh, force. I could like, feel oh. that. Now. <laughs> yeah, Ow. yeah. I the, oh. so my eyebrow swelled up, and then I had like the the, the top. Um, my top eyelid was just like bruised. So I had like, for the most part, a black eye. Shit. And, and it was something where like, I, I felt terrible, like for the person that had, that I had collided with, you know? So then like after the song, I was just like, yo, whoever that was, I am so sorry. If it makes you feel any better, I'm feeling just as bad as you do right now, you know? Yeah. And then for the, for the next like week or so of the tour, I had to play with, uh, you know, like the emo haircut with my bangs covering my right eye. Mm-hmm. So people wouldn't see my black eye. That's crazy. I've actually never had a bloody nose in my entire life, which is very Damn. weird. I don't know why, what causes that, but some people, I, I've met some people that have the same issue. I don't know. It's weird. But, uh, I remember a couple of years ago, I have like this like little scar on my arm from, a couple scars from Guar at Warp Tour, and then I got one. Nice. I got one. I was at the Hollywood Palladium watching the story so far, and there was this guy in the audience filming it. I'm like, oh shit, he's making a video, and so he comes over. Gotta to go me. off. He comes right. Yeah, he comes right over to me, and he literally was like, "Yo, dude, like, yeah, go up there." And I'm like, "Hell yeah, get this!" And then so I, I have like people, you know, put their hands down or whatever, and I jump over. You know how people do it, and uh, I don't know what happened. Somebody cut me. And I got my arm cut, but you can still see me. I'm in the video for uh, proper dose. Holy shit. <laughs> it's pretty sick, but it was worth it. Um, so here's here's our bullshit speed round. Okay. Um, bunch of bullshit questions. And you just ask them, or I mean, answer them. I ask them, and it's fun. So first concert you ever attended? Uh, Britney Spears at the Tweeter Center. It was like 98, I want to say. 98. Oh, 99. man. Wow. Hell yeah. Best, best video game of all time. Uh, Legend of Zelda Majora's Mask. Yes. Amazing. Right. Favorite city and color song? God, you're really going to do this to me? Yeah, <laughs> you already know it. Shit. I really don't. I really don't. Um, okay. I know what mine is. I hear it. Honestly, I'm probably going to go with Harder Than Stone. Harder Than Stone? I like Hello, I'm, I'm in Delaware. That's a good one. Right. Oh, see, it's tricky, though. It's tricky, though, because, like, I have really done deep dives into city and color and yeah. it's like they, there are so many like alternate, like live versions of things floating around too. Where like, I think that the live version of hello, I'm in Delaware is 
miles ahead of um, really? the like original recorded version. Oh yeah. If you can find any live performance of that song um, that was after he did bring me your love. Oh my God. Is it it is, it is so much more intimate and just like, I don't know. There, there's just some things that he does that, that really bring out the vulnerability in that song. Oh, I got to check that out. That sounds sweet. Yeah. There, there's a, um, what's the name of the, there's a, there's a live record that came out with a couple of years ago. Let me see. Um, guide me back home. I want to say is what it's called. But I, yeah, got me back home. Yeah. So check that out. It's on Spotify or any oh, yeah. service. 2018. Yeah. And, yeah. And you listen to that. That is, oh my God, that, that version is incredible. Oh, that looks sweet. I'm going to listen to that right after this. <laughs> Hell yeah. Thank favorite, me later. Hell yeah, dude. Favorite Pokemon. Shit. Um, <laughs> that was perfect. <laughs> Shit. Vulpix. All right. Which one's Vulpix? Uh, the little Firefox yeah. oh, okay. that turns into Nine Tails. Mm. I like I like those other three. What's the? It's Zapdos. I don't remember. I played Zapdos, Pokemon. Moltres, and Art- Articuno. Oh man, Pokemon Stadium. We forgot to mention. I fucking love oh, yeah. that game. Oh, uh, Pokemon Stadium was sick, especially having like oh. the the controller insert where you can put in uh, the Game Boy games and stuff <laughs> yes. and transfer over. Like like that yeah. made it so yeah. much more personal instead of just like having these like hollow shell of Pokemon. It's like no like you trained these pokemon and now they're on the tv there was no way to get them on the tv before but now they're <laughs> actually speaking of that did you guys play uh pokemon snap no i haven't played the new one i played the original one but yeah, not the it, new one yet the og one was fun but it was kind of hard at times i want to go back yeah. and i want to beat that uh most annoying song of all time wonderwall <laughs> <laughs> all right Favorite every time I die song. <laughs> I can hear him say shit. <laughs> He's like, shit. Um, <laughs> I feel like it changes. Yeah. But just to go with the classic and to stick with Big Dirty, let's say No Son of Mine. Love it. I'm a big floater person too. So I don't know. It's so hard. New floater's yeah. good. It, it, pl- is, it is truly hard. I've never forgotten how to play No, no Son of Mine. That's like one of the first heavy songs I learned on guitar, so I always play it. You know, oh, hell yeah. I love it. Uh, favorite Disney movie? Um, see, I watched a lot of Disney when I was younger. Yeah. When I'll say when I was younger, I was a big Fox and the Hound fan. Me, oh, me uh, too. But I, I cannot remember what happens in it for the life of me. Um, I guess I'll just say Star Wars. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Okay, oh, yeah, that counts now. <laughs> yeah, it does. Yeah, best video game graphics Ooh. of all time. All time. Um, obviously something recent. Yeah, it would have to be something recent. Damn, you're really doing this to me right now. Absolutely. Um, I, I would say more recent. Uh, one of the best looking games is probably Last of Us Two. Yes, literally knew you. Um, yes, <laughs> that that game is a technical marvel. It's just like I did not know that the PlayStation Four could do those kinds of things. Did you hear you that know? they're going to be doing a potential TV series of The Last of Us? No, they are. That's cast yeah, already with uh with yeah. Pedro Pascal. That's gonna yep. be insane. I thought it was I'm a so movie. Stoked. It's a TV show. They they, they were originally entertaining an idea about a movie and it didn't pan out. Mm-hmm. And I also uh, heard uh, this week that uh, this past week that they have uh, outlined a 
potential story for a part three. Not that it's not in development, just that they're like, oh yeah, we have this. It'll happen. That those games are so successful. Yeah, big time. Yeah, but uh, it's just a matter of when, because there was like mm-hmm. seven years between the first and second. So it's just like, mm-hmm. are we going to get it? Like, yeah, you know, is it, am I going to be forty when we get this game? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> um, I know you're not a big fan, but favorite horror movie? Um, it's not that I'm not a big fan. It's just that I, I haven't seen too many. Oh, okay. Um, so besides Blood, you're not really like scared of them. Uh, it's not that I don't know. It's just I never they, they were. I I always gravitated more towards like comedies. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And stuff. Um, I mean, I'd probably have to go with Midsummer. Okay. You know, because it's not like your traditional like. You know, it it, it really fucks with you instead of just showing yeah. you a bunch of like really grotesque stuff. You know, which yeah. I feel like sometimes gore is too heavily relied on in yeah. horror movies. You Absolutely. Know? I like, I do like that too. I appreciate when they make you think and stuff. Yeah. When it's more psychological and getting you to think it keeps you more on the edge of your seat. I definitely agree on that. <laughs> I wasn't big on Midsummer, honestly, the first time I saw it. And then it took me like three watches, but now I really appreciate it. It's just, I don't know. It's just one of those that you have to watch a couple of times for some people. Yeah. 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 All right. So grape jelly or strawberry jelly? Great. Yes. yes. No contest. Yes. yes. Thank Dude, you. nobody says that. Everybody says strawberry. Yeah. I, I'll, I'll do strawberry if I have to, but. Yeah, grape though. Like what? Grape uh, is where it's at. Favorite character from the Mario games? Um, Cat Toad. Really? It's not Mario? <laughs> Mario, Mario gets too much attention. He does. Dude, me and my my sister, whenever we'd play, if like I chose Mario before she was able to click it, she literally would just walk out of the room and not play. Like she was such what? a poor sport. She was just like, I'm playing Mario. <laughs> um, right. Gotta be Mario. Yeah. yeah, yeah. All right. Favorite Thanksgiving Day food? Stuffing. Yes. Really? Yes. Yeah. I can agree. I'd be a mashed potatoes. That's like my favorite food of all time, though. Mashed potatoes is second for yeah. me. Most embarrassing moment. You really want to say that to me? <laughs> yeah. I've got too many of those. <laughs> all right. Well, first one that comes to mind, I guess. <laughs> uh, I mean, I'm probably going to have to cop out and say that uh, the headbanging situation in Seattle. Okay. Perfect. Best video game movie adaption. Ad- adaptation, yeah. Adaptation. Um, <laughs> fuck. Shit. They're all so bad. Um, <laughs> You're right. <laughs> most enjoyable, most entertaining, most, you know, one, even if it's bad, you can still go bad. We honestly, we had the Sonic writers on recently, and I watched that again before preparing for that, and that's honestly pretty enjoyable. I don't hate it. No, you know what? I will say Sonic. Because I did, I did genuinely enjoy the Sonic movie. I saw yeah. that uh, when it came, the day it came out last year. Yeah, um, I think good. Ben Schwartz did a great job. Um, I, I'll say Sonic. I'll say Sonic because yeah, Sonic. Sonic was not a bad video game movie whatsoever, and I will see the second one. You can quote me okay. on that. Oh yeah, and the, the second one they got Tails coming in. I mean, it's gonna be awesome. Yeah, Jim, oh, Carrey, yeah. Jim Carrey steals the show every time. Yeah. Yeah, Jim Carrey, great performance. Yeah, as uh, Dr. Robotnik, 100%. Yeah. Oh, speaking of that, they're also going to be writing Ace Ventura 3. So same oh, guys nice. as Sonic are doing that. So that's pretty cool. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. 
favorite the starting line song Ooh, damn you really twisting the knife today um It's twisting the knife. That's funny as hell. Um, Mine's three is a charm. Three is a charm. I'm going to have to say I can't cop out and say Island. It's too easy. It's too easy, but it's such <laughs> a good song. Um, I'm going to go ahead and say Are You Alone? Okay, cool. ACDC versus Kiss. Um, I never really listened too much to either band, but <laughs> I will say I did enjoy ACDC more than Kiss. All right. Oh, yeah. Their new record's actually great. I did listen yeah. to that. I bought the albums. Definitely. Oh, I didn't know that ACDC had a new record. I didn't yeah. know they were still making music. What was that, like November it came out? No- yeah, November. Uh, Power Up. Okay. Yeah, yeah, good for them. Witches Spell is a good song. Uh, favorite food. <laughs> um, honestly, just any deep dish pizza. Et- no, don't. <laughs> they, they, it's too controversial. Yeah. Everybody, everybody hypes it up so much, or everybody thinks that everybody from Chicago will like just die on that hill when it's just like so many people could not care less that's hilarious like there's so many people like in new york that like take pizza so seriously and then like oh i i like to like actually i think the best pizza i've found is in philly at lorenzo's on south street across the street from uh the tla wow but that's just me um we're i i don't want to be like oh we're big on our hometown but buffalo is honestly the best dude buffalo and new york city are the best i've had philly is definitely amazing too though but i haven't had too much pizza there yeah um i just i really don't know if i have an answer on the food for you it's all good yeah Yeah, i just just i like i'll tell you what i one of my favorite dishes, at least from a local restaurant in Chicago, um, there's this place called Kalish in, uh, I believe it's in Uptown. Okay. Um, and it's all uh, like vegan, vegetarian, and they do an incredible chicken and waffles. Really? But also chicken and waffles, like since I haven't eaten meat since I was 15. Yeah. Um, like... Uh, that's the best reference I have for chicken and waffles. You know, I've never had it like actual chicken, you know, but God yeah, damn, sure. if, if the chicken or the clucker and waffles from Kalish is not an incredible dish, I don't know what it is. <laughs> yeah. All right. Number one sports team. Uh, well, my dad took me a lot to see White Sox games when I was younger, even though he's a Cubs fan just because uh, Sox Park was closer and it's right off of uh, 94 uh, and the games were a lot cheaper. But I, I had a lot of good times at a lot of White Sox games. Favorite Fall Out Boy oh. song? Favorite Fall Out Boy song? Uh, shit. Um, give me, can you give me two seconds? That somebody is at the door. Oh, yeah, go get it. Go get it. I may ask who it is. Hello? May I ask who it is? Awesome. Opening the door now. Thank you. 
Yeah, sorry, somebody was delivering a package for my girlfriend. <laughs> Sick. I, I was not expecting anything today. I keep forgetting that they deliver on Sundays sometimes. <laughs> um, favorite Fall Out Boy song? Honestly, um, why can't I think of the name of it right now? It's uh, on Take This to Your Grave. It is with Justin Pierre from Motion City Soundtrack. Uh, is it Homesick at Base Camp or is it? I'm trying. I don't know if you can hear in the background. I'm always bad too when it comes to like somebody else on it. Uh, I think no Chicago so two years ago okay yeah that's a great one yeah actually that's so funny we're bringing that up today my album is supposed to be delivered here that exact album take this to your grave like the oh hell yeah on vinyl yeah the fueled by ramen one that they put out oh I didn't know that is that a reissue yeah, there's like a new one. I, they weren't the only one who put it out, but like it was on several different sites and I, I was able to get it off Field by Ramen, but it's supposed to be delivered today. It's like a silver vinyl. Oh, hell yeah. I actually, I think I've seen a friend post that they got that. It looks pretty sick. Yeah, I'm hoping it comes. Cool. Yeah. Cool thing about that is that, um, so Sean O'Keefe, who uh, engineered and produced Take This to Your Grave, mixed uh, the first Real Friends full length. Oh, I didn't know that. And... Um, and uh, I got, we got to go to his studio one of the days, like just for like some in-person mixing. Cause it was going to be a lot quicker than uh, just sending stuff back and forth. And we're in the same city and stuff, you know, and yeah. we got to see the uh, gold record up on the wall. Of Take this to your grave. It was so sick, dude. I commend them. I mean, I know a lot of people aren't into the stuff they do now, but like, especially those like first bunch of albums are just legendary to this day. Like from yeah, under well, cork tree. Yeah. yeah. I mean, fall Out boys, a band too, that like now, like, is like a household name so it's like yeah. I, I feel like it's it's hard for them and this this goes back to like the appeasing everything but they, they can't do it you know they can't exactly. appease everybody yeah. and like and they're they're completely different people with completely different tastes than they yeah. were in you know what 18 years ago and that is almost 20 years old holy shit i know dude it's crazy I saw um, came out. <laughs> yeah but it, it, it's just like you know you can't expect a band everything they do over 20 years to to appease you you know yeah absolutely i will say though that they do have some bangers with these most recent records the phoenix oh my god that is like a, a, oh, a I love that masterpiece it's so good yeah no that's a great song i want more of that mm -hmm. and they have really good videos now too yes yes 100 percent agree They've always though, and I actually the uh, the carpal tunnel of love video with the happy tree friends. I, I still love that video. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> no, that's such a good song too. That that record actually came out on my 16th birthday. In really? Uh, yeah, it's yeah, classic. And um, I saw Fall Out Boy not too long ago. Uh, maybe it was sometime 28, like fall time 2018 or something. Yeah. Um, I saw them at Wrigley Field. It was so sick, dude. That's amazing. I wish they'd play Carpal Tunnel of Love, dude. They never play it. Uh, it's such All a good right. song. Xbox or PlayStation? PlayStation. I've got a PC, so mm. Xbox is meaningless to me. <laughs> gotcha. Favorite knuckle puck song? Uh, breathe or twisted. Okay. All right. Sweet or twist, or not twisted. <laughs> Sweet or salty? <laughs> um, shit. <laughs> shit. Can I just get a take five and cop out? Yeah, dude, those are great. I love those. Um, no, I, I I feel like I tend to gravitate more towards salty, but I do love my sweets. Favorite backtrack song? Um, 
shit, what's the name of the song with uh, Homeboy from uh, from Turnstile on it? I can't think of the name. It was off a lot Lost in Life. Uh, I gotta find the name of the song now. I got. I'm, ta- I'm telling you, every time it's like somebody else on it, I forget. Lost in Life. Right. I'll know right when I see it. Let me see. Under your spell. Yeah. Okay. I think. I think. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> Under your spell. <laughs> Go <bam! laughs> I fucking love backtrack, dude. That the only time I got to see them was on that like closing tour, like their last tour with uh, I think it was Terror. I got to see them. Um, Legendary. I. Th- no, we got to play with Backtrack once, actually. What? Um, oh, like a festival? Yeah, or... yeah. What's up? Was it like a festival or just like a one-off? Yeah, show? so it was it was mixtape fest. I'm not sure if if you're familiar with that. I don't think it ran for too long, but um, East Coast, right? Uh, well, they had one on the West Coast uh-huh. uh, at one point. This was 2014. We were on tour with uh, the Wonder Years, Fireworks, Citizen, and Modern Baseball. And essentially, the fest was just our tour combining with a tour that Comeback Kid and Backtrack were on. Oh, okay. Um, and we played right after Backtrack. And the last song that they played, there was um, somebody that did a front flip stage dive right off the stage oh, and no. oh, didn't no. get caught. <gasps> and like the back of their neck hit the concrete floor of oh, the Oakland Metro. No. And, um, had to be taken out by an ambulance and it was awkward after that because um we had like 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 we like it it pushed the show back a little bit you know but like at one point like the promoter came up he's just like hey like we're gonna need y'all to start setting up you know just so we don't get too far behind so then like we're getting set up and we're checking like like obviously we don't start playing until the ambulance comes and and takes Mm -hmm. this person away but um Wow. Like it was like and I'm I'm up yeah, I'm I'm up on stage like checking the mic and just like check, check. I am so sorry, y'all. I and it's like dead (laughs) silent while I'm checking the mic, or at least it felt like it was like every eye was on me, like, why are you doing this right now, you pop punk motherfucker? (laughs) Like and I'm just like, guys, I trust me, I don't want to be up here right now. Like this and like, I don't know, there was just a weird energy the rest of the night. Cause it's like, you know, you just saw somebody get really hurt, you know? Yeah. And like people, people like, like, you know, we're, we're going off a little bit, but it was definitely a lot more restrained, thankfully. Cause otherwise I would have been stressing out our entire set more than I already was. Mm-hmm. What is your proudest moment? Um, right now. Oh my God. Uh, <laughs> Um, honestly, I would say it was when we were able to go out on tour with census fail and, and like in 2013 and, and like, kind of like, and not, not that I haven't had any proud moments or anything that could match that, but just having like this sense of just like, I, I can be creative maybe for a living. You know, and how for however long that lasts, who knows? But like, you know, it it was just like, just to know that people like cared about what I was doing, 
and stuff. It was just really odd, but also like really like validating and reassuring and just like, you know, and it was kind of something where like, uh, kind of like this immature, like I told you so moment with my parents too, because they were just kind of like, have a backup, be doing something, be maybe having an education right now. Um, but it was just kind of like, Hey, like we're working really hard on something that so many people tell us isn't going to work out. And it is. All right. Um, so what are your, what are your plans for the remainder of 2021 and what do you hope to accomplish? Um, so going to be streaming. Hell yeah. Um, going to be watching a lot. (laughs) Hell yeah. Appreciate that. Absolutely. Um, going to be hanging out with and loving on my cats because they're (laughs) little sweethearts. Um, you know, uh, and we're going to be putting out more rationale music. Can't wait. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm stoked. Um, you know, we just started, uh, this past week working on the next batch of songs, um, without even being ready or without having even put out the rest of this first batch of songs we've, we've been sitting on for a little bit. Um, yeah. So it's just uh, being able to be creative, you know, but I, you know, I, I'm not going to lie and say that I wish I had other things to fill my time, you know, cause it's just like, yeah. I feel like everybody's, you know, cause it, it's not a situation that everybody's not in, you know, just, you yeah. know, with quarantine and kind of feeling a little stifled, you know, and, and not being able to really uh, live to your full potential, I guess mm-hmm. at the yeah. moment. Do you think Rationale will ever, will ever be able to do like a full-blown tour or you think that'll be just kind of hard with all the, the bands going on? Um, I don't know about a full-blown tour. Um, I, I mean, we would very much like to play shows. Like before quarantine, we actually had um, a couple shows lined up, at least two. Yeah. Um, we were going to play one at Beat Kitchen and we, we were supposed to play Snowed In in yeah. Cleveland with like State Champs and Grayscale and a bunch of other bands. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh the recording of 2020 kind of got in the way of that and it, it, it got pushed back a little bit. And then like the schedules got pushed around and it was just like a little too unrealistic to play those shows, but we, we would like to do something, you know, it's just um, like, I got to be here for the cats and stuff. Um, mm-hmm. And the, the thing is, too, is that, like, at least right now, there are other artists that need to go out and tour and play shows and, you know, make their their income and mm-hmm. stuff and, and, and get that. And, and you know, rationales like, like something that can wait for the time being, you know, we can still be creative and still do things yeah. to some extent. But, you know, like, you know, Knuckle Puck Home Safe, two perfect examples of bands that mm-hmm. need to go out and need to tour and need to like make some money, you know? So yeah, for sure. let them uh, do it. And then, uh, you know, whatever time we can commit to it, we can commit, you know, I, I would more so see it being like shorter stints, like maybe like a week here, a week here or something instead of like a whole U S tour, which well, for me, yeah. I would love that because then like, you know, that's more opportunities to play with, a bunch of different bands since mm-hmm. I, I don't think I'm going to be returning to a full time touring lifestyle again, you know? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Would be cool to see you open for, uh, you know, every time I die Christmas show though. Yeah. Oh hey, yeah. Hey, Tell them hey, to hit me up. I will. Well, hey, look, look at it this way. You know, you got to do, you got to have opportunities. Most people would kill to have, and you got to live it. So 
Oh yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, and I'm not trying to necessarily like, uh, you know, woe is me or, or anything like that. It's like no, that, that, no. that. That's more so the sentiment that that you know I, I share that same sentiment too. Like I've had a lot of incredible opportunities to where it's just like, if I don't get to do a full tour again, like cool. I've I've still had all of these other awesome. Like like I, I we we got to do a tour in Japan. Like that. that there like, you go. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 incredible. You know, like and my only thing would just be well, maybe I'd like to go to Japan as a tourist sometime and just experience it like without, you know, obligations and just have complete freedom, you know? No, I, 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 I totally get it. Absolutely. So where can your fans find you? Um, on Twitter at Donnie Lumpkins, uh, on Twitch at Don. Well, actually, no, just send them to the Twitch. The Twitch has all the other links. Okay. Don Lumps on Twitch, Donnie Lumpkins on Twitter, anywhere else, probably Don Lumps or rationale band. And rationale band. And what time is the Twitch usually? Is like five PM each day or something? Um, normally I go I try to go for either four PM or okay. seven PM central. Okay. Yeah, because that's that would make sense because you're like an hour behind me, I think. Yeah. Yep. All right. And uh where does Don Lumps come from? Where'd you get that name? <laughs> uh well it comes from Donnie Lumpkins, which was a name that was bestowed upon me by Knuckle Puck. Ooh. Um, just one day when we were just, uh, smoking a little bit, drinking a little bit and, uh, <laughs> Donnie Lumpkins just sounded like a funny name. Like they kept saying my name and kept like morphing weird things with it. Yeah. It was, uh, I, it was a combination of Nick and Kevin that had bestowed that on me. And then Joe was just giggling at everything in the background. <laughs> Donnie Lumps. <laughs> yeah. It was just like all sorts of different things. And then, um, Don Lumps came because, uh, somebody had taken my username on Twitch, Donnie Lumpkins. Otherwise, I would have uh, been Donnie Lumpkins on Twitch. So then I just shortened it to Don Lumps. And then, yeah, that's where that came from. That's the yeah. proper name. That's amazing. My Christian <laughs> name. Right from the knuckle puck dudes. <laughs> yep. Well, thank it you. so full circle. Thank you so yeah. much for your time, man. Like, this was so much fun. I seriously appreciate you talking with us. Like, this was a great time. Yeah, not man. a problem. Not a problem. I appreciate y'all's time as well. Yeah, yeah and I course. really hope to catch a rationale uh, show very soon. You know, Me end of the year, too. maybe. When do you end honestly? Of the year, might be when do you think? When do you think? When do you think? I think soonest next year. Yeah, I'd say I'd say soonest, probably later next year. You know, because I think there's some stuff that Knucklefuck has to make up, possibly. Oh yeah, that makes um, sense. I guess so. You yeah. know, I I don't I don't know a hundred percent that that's some stuff that I'm not necessarily in the know of too much, but okay. Um, you know, it like I said, we gotta we gotta get uh, those freaks out there first. Yeah, mm-hmm. sounds good. Well, when it happens, I'll be flying in. Can't wait. Hell yeah! All right. So keep in touch and wish you the best for sure. I can't wait to keep watching the Twitch. <laughs> Hell yeah! Gonna be a good time. Sounds good. Is it going on today? Yeah, yeah, actually, uh, in about an hour and a half. Hell yeah, do it up. Right. I'll be there. <laughs> Hell yeah. Right. Sounds good, man, thank you. All right, y'all, enjoy the rest of your day. I'll see ya. Take uh, care, you. Take care, buddy. Too. You too, brother. Bye. See Bye. ya. Why do the words feel the need to come to me When I need a change in release The loss killed the spark and every anxiety had flooded over me. How can I spell it out? 
so that the hangman won't swing around. This face that you So that the hangman won't swing around